This is Judge Dredd. I am the law. Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Welcome back, everyone, to the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. And we are here to read, react to, and review the original Judge Dredd progs. This, our 42nd episode, hey, hey. meaning of life, uh, oh, yeah. episode goes, we're going to be going over prog 119, 120, and 121. If that sounds odd to you, if anyone's listening to this and that sounds kind of weird, it's because our count was off. Um, little I was did I know, about that. here's the thing. We ended last uh, session with Prog 117, mm -hmm. but what I found out was that uh, in the original run of uh, 2080 comics, in Prog 109, there was no Judge Dredd story. Oh, wow. It's, it's very rare that that happens. Yeah. Um, so what that means is that our count has, for the last couple of episodes, been off by one. Okay. So we caught it relatively quickly. And I've just adjusted it, basically, to this point, so I'll have it, you know, up on the websites and up on the podcast networks as the appropriate number, but we'll be saying it wrong in the podcast, fuck it. Who um, cares? But thankfully I called it relatively quickly, which means that we are skipping today to 119, which naturally means... Uh, 119? 120? 121? Happy birthday! What? Yeah! Dude, happy birthday, bud! follow? <laughs> There's no reason for it. Uh, there's a little note here to the <laughs> from the distant present. Present, happy birthday, buddy! Here's another year of our favorite pastime. It is okay. I gotta see. Oh wow! I'm excited for you. I'll take the bag. Oh, it's kind of hooked on something. There we go. All right. From the distant present. What? Whoa! Judge Dreadpins. Yep. Ooh, Judge Death. Yes. And uh, <laughs> democracy now. I know what that's about. What's that? There's a there's a whole democracy plot line later on. Oh, okay. I know that the other one I think is, uh, or I think the other one is the... Uh, uh, I am the law and Judge Dredd on a, uh, someone on a space scooter. I think that is oh, Strontium a, Dog. It might okay, be Strontium Dog. Strontium Dog. I anyway. know there's a... Mm, what so, is... 2080. I. They, it's still running. I subscribed you to a month of 2080 comics. No. So you have in your hands two thousand number uh, progs number 2,227 through 2,200 and uh, third no uh, 26 through uh, tw uh through 30. So yeah. Uh, they all feature Judge Dredd. There's even a story they're going through about Judge Death, like the Death World where, they, where he came from and yeah, how the, it the, fell. Yeah, the, the universe he's from, yeah, and, and all the other Dark Judges. And it's a, those are really good reads. I could not stop myself from reading them, so I... It's, already... it's not going to be spoilers for another 20 years. <laughs> so... So they go to Death World in... In 2000 comics, when we get there, yeah, we'll be dead. We'll be judged oh, dead. Well, yeah, that's why I, I skipped ahead. We're eventually gonna have to get here at some point in time, what right? Are some of these other comics in here? Yeah, I don't know anything about them, so I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I the only one I recognize is because I, I know some of the 2000 AD comics. I know Nemesis the Warlock, Nemesis the Warlock. I know Strontium Dogs, Meat or uh, Flesh. Flesh, yep. Uh, uh, but I don't know recognize anything. Uh, we have a guy called Slain, who's a dragon killer, kind of. Is that him? Of, yep, that's him. He looks pretty, that's a cool design. It's a very barbarian, Conan-esque, um, and there Dude, this is, is awesome. 
a lot of cool stuff in there. I um, would love. I'm gonna read these. So happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I figured. At, How did you? What? You subscribed to 2000 AD for a month. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck it, dude." It's still fucking weekly. Yeah, it's still weekly. So, so it's four weeks of them. I have to bring up before we get into this today. Uh, More stuff before we get into it? This is the last thing. This is like 15 minutes in. We gotta talk about our sponsor. Oh, God. So, uh, this episode of the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast is brought to you by that video game you bought but haven't even taken out of the plastic wrapping yet. Oh, hey, no. you spent your hard-earned money on that thing, and you're still just replaying games you've already finished. Fuck. Go play that video game. It's feeling very neglected, and doing so will slightly ease the guilt of having contributed to our dystopic capitalist nightmare we call reality, but only a little. Stop playing Dark Souls 3 again for the hundredth time, Shut and, up. Play the, and play that video game you bought. <laughs> this is a personal opened. attack on me right now. The dreadful cyberpunk cast, brought to you by your frivolous spending and procrastination. It's Dragon Age in position. <laughs> I, for the PS4, I have it. Spider-Man! God of War! I've played a lot of Spider-Man. Last of Us 2? I played a bit of that. I'm at Seattle? I'm shit. I'm no. Sh no, it's okay. It's okay. But most of the game takes place in Seattle. It's fine. It's we're, fine. It's we're, great. We're going on. So. This is a personal attack on me. I, I just had, love Dark Souls 3. It's a very good game. I've played it a lot. Um, great axe for the win. Um, so, this prog, our first prog today, prog 119, uh, was uh, released on June 30th, 1979. Script is by Howard Wagner. Wagner. Uh, not Howard. Wagner. Oh. I fucked it up. <laughs> uh, artist, Ron Smith, and letters by Tom Frame. Let's get into it, shall we, PK? I don't even... I play the same build, too. A, a miracle using greatsword user every I've, time. I've never used miracles. I... Mm. Yeah. I usually do pure strength builds, High but, faith, yeah. high and, and quality. That makes sense. Every goddamn time. Sword and board. All right. Look out, lawbreakers. It's Judge Dredd. Hypercop. Um, I might want to mention real quick here, or off the bat... Judge Dredd is in a different font than we ever seen. It is. It's weird and blocky. It's not the usual it's uh, not bullet, these, like craggly kind of um, like bullet ridden, or or it's like, like all like rough edges usually like this. Yeah. Instead, it's with, uh, the, with the U being the badge. Yeah. Uh, instead, it is a very clean kind of letters robot like, um, and I think we're gonna find a reason for that, which is that because this prog is titled "A Tale from Walter's Scrapbook." Part one. Oh God! So uh, we're gonna go here. Uh, get your Walter voice ready here. <laughs> okay. Every Monday, Judge Dredd's robo servant Walter pays a visit to the local hyper laundry. Hyper laundry. Right off the bat, right into it, we're already like hyper laundry. We're already huh? at the hyper laundry. Man with his hyper technology. Um, and we have like a cool like pop out of Judge Dredd, uh, like firing his lawgiver, charging towards the panel. Really cool looking. Mm -hmm. But uh, we start to the right over here with. PK, you gotta describe what's going on. Walter the robot, in his usual form of, of just standing there like a fucking potato, <laughs> yep. uh, is is holding up, for continuity's sake, the pajamas he bought like 50 progs ago. <laughs> well done! The fucking footy pajamas that said Judge Dredd on them. Yeah, his long johns. <clears throat> and he's got a big laundry bag, and he's got the hyper laundry, Mega City 1 washing... Something. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of other robots are are, are crowded around him uh, as he's just doing his, his usual duties, his laundry. We can see, like, uh, he has his screen on usually, and there's other robots behind them, and they can see one that's labeled Spike because yeah. all robots have their names on them. Yep, and um, lots of people, too. 
And there's a there is there is a lot of people who do that. There's a, a robot in line behind Walter waiting for his turn. It says, "Gosh, it's the famous Walter." As Walter stands there, just sorting his his uh, his whites and and colors, and he is thinking to, to himself. himself. <laughs> Walter put Judge Dredd's name on all his clothes. <laughs> when other Wobo servants see he is the great Judge Wo Judge's robot. Walter feel proud as punch. And now another robot kind of butts in with a little kind of circular pop-out over here. My master is only an insurance salesman. It must be very exciting being Judge Dredd's robot. So so Walter puts all the name, all his name, Judge Dredd's name on all his clothing. Yep. Just so people know that he is Walt, he is Judge Dredd's robot. Yeah. And he goes and does Judge Dredd's chores. Yeah. I talk about that. Good point. Okay. We're coming back. We're circling back to that. It's a little glory hound dish, but little, whatever. You know, take pride in your work. All right. Uh, Walter responds to this robot. That's true. It takes a pretty rough and wedding robot to be Judge Dredd's droid. God. It's, yeah, it's on full display, the, the accent. Walter has been in some tight scrapes. And now Walter is bending over in front of the crowd of robots circling around him, picking up a large scrapbook. The from the laundry basket. From the laundry basket. He just carries it with him. Go for it. In fact, Walter just happened... Of course he did. <laughs> happened to bring his scrapbook. Would you like to see it? You bet, Walter, says oh, a robot enabled Bob. Spike and Bob. Spike and Bob so far. Their designs are creepy. Yeah, they're very robot-esque, you know? Yeah. Humanoid-ish. Um, not as creepy as, like, the overseers from uh, the, the robot robots. Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's with, true. like, the tentacle... Ballerina tutu things. Yeah, yeah it was weird. All, yeah, they were egg shaped. But PK, you got to describe what's going on in this next panel for me. <sighs> okay, so Joe, there's a he has in his scrapbook a, a page with two women, uh, you know, fawning over him pretty much mm -hmm. as he poses for a picture. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a giant sash that says freedom. Yep, with a ribbon on it. I'm assuming this is because uh, when he was the first freed robot. Go keep reading for which him. he declined to be. <laughs> kind of. Go ahead and read <clears> for him. Now this photograph was taken just after the Robot War, when Walter was given freedom for helping Judge Dredd save Mega City One. And then we turn the page. He turns the page, and we see the next one. Go uh, for it, PK. Dredd's robot sent to jail. <laughs> it is a clipping out of a newspaper. Oh God! When did that happen? A number of times. We haven't had it happen. We have. Remember the one time it was Walter's oh, brother. It was Walter's brother, Dredd. Threatened him with jail time. Oh, yeah, he threatened him all the time. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to put you in jail for anything and everything. Because <laughs> he thought he was doing criminal acts to get all the good oh, stuff. Oh, when he was taxi when cab. He was a cab sec driver. Second driver. In my favorite bottle episode. That was a good bottle episode. But we can see, like, the, the clipping has a picture of Walter behind bars, literally. <laughs> like, with his, like, he's like, his screen poking out from behind the bars. His hands are on the wrapped around His, like, fingers are wrapped around the little jail cell bars. Uh, and uh, can you read below that picture what it says on the paper? One month in Sing Sing, Walter, Judge Dredd's robot, incarcerated by... Some, of Judge Dredd. Of Judge Dredd. And uh, some, the other robot, we don't can't tell if it's Bill or Spiker, or Bob or Spiker, one of the other ones, says, Wow, a chondroid, but I'll bet Judge Dredd got you out. You, and Walter responds, You quackpot robot! It was Judge Dredd who sent Walter to prison. <laughs> Tell us about <clears throat> it, Walter, as, like, now there's a whole crowd of robots. Yeah, all there's, their, like, ten of them. They all have, like, their laundry bags sitting around them. <laughs> please, please. Well, it happened not long after the Wobot War. Oh, so we're having a flashback episode. Yeah. Even though Walter was a free robot, he was still Judge Dredd's devoted and unpaid. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's Dobby the house elf, folks. Dobby the house robot. I love the way he was still judged what's devoted. There's like a little pause. And unpaid <laughs> servant. Um, so now, PK, give me a description of what's going on here. So we're, we're at Mega City 1. Uh, it's a cool skyline, big bubbly buildings in the background. In the foreground, we have a very standard-looking bank, because all banks in Mega City 1 seem to be old-fashioned. You're going to... Yeah, there's a pin that's going to go in that for oh, later. okay. So, So, yeah. you know, it's got the pillars out front. It's just got a very squat building. Um... So there's a bank, and uh, there's a bunch, a bunch of judges, and a uh, 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 what's the what's the thing where they have like a, a like a hostage negotiation kind of thing? Yeah, where they're all outside the bank, like surrounding it, putting uh, a cordon or whatever. I can assume that's Judge Dredd, like on a, on, a, on a microphone megaphone thing. Yep. And there's a guy at the bank, and there's uh, yeah, there's like a person coming out of the front door of the bank. Yeah, it's a hostage crisis, like a negotiation thing is going on. And there's uh. A lot of judges, and Judge Dredd is specifically on his lawmaster bike. Oh, yep, he is. But up close, what do we got going on, PK? Up close, we have Walter bringing Judge Dredd a, a, a mug of coffee or tea. Something. Synthicaf, who knows. Yeah. Go ahead and read uh, for Walter up here, the narration. <laughs> As Walter remember, there was a wobbly at the credit bank that day. Judge Dredd had swapped the quicks inside. And, uh, and now, now Walter is speaking. Speaking to Judge Dredd in the flashback. <laughs> Go for it. I've brought you your lunch, Judge Dredd. It's Synth of Veg Soup, for starters. Um, and Judge Dredd has his name written on the back of his lawmaster. I hadn't seen oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, what? Oh, Walter. Watch that door, Mason. There's someone coming out. Uh, go for it, PK. Mm. I gotta write this down. I missed There's so a man. The guy who we saw peeking out the front door is now running down the steps. And he goes... And uh, one of the judges yell, "It's one of the hostages!" And um, um, yeah, so he runs out to the middle of the street. I gotta get as a as gunfire from the from the bank to the credit of the judges. They didn't kill this man. No, the uh, the bank robbers did. Clearly, uh, the bank robbers fire from the cover of the door right mm. through the man's chest as he gets shot, and his throws yeah. his arms up skyward as he falls. Um, and <sighs> as we turn our page... Judge Walter's just trying to serve lunch. Yeah, Walter's just doing his job, you know. Uh, we turn the page, <laughs> and Walt, uh, Judge Dredd, seeing this man get shot, hurls his cup of synthaveg soup over <laughs> yeah. his shoulder. Yeah, he just like, throws out the of The whole anger. thing. Ah! And uh, he's looking at the, the now-dead body in the street as the person yeah. in the background is calling out from the, the who shot... The man in the street from the one of the probably one of the bank robbers. Yeah, uh, is calling out to Judge Dread. Oh, go for it. Let that be a warning, Dread. One hostage dies every ten minutes until you can get us a safe ride out of here. Like hell, I will. That's and, great negotiation. He's yeah. still on the megaphone. <laughs> get fucked. Just like go fucking eat your mother, asshole. <laughs> it's like. Oh man, we forgot we're negotiating with Judge Dredd. He doesn't do that well. So Dredd, I'll kill you all. Dredd decides to uh, gun his lawmaster. We can see from above. Oh my god! He's blowing up the front of the bank, and he's thinking to himself, "It's time I got tough with these murderers." Oh my god! And he, as he fires on the front door, he goes smashing through the window of the building next to the bank that's attached to it. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, one of the judges calls out. Dread's going into the next building. Come back here, robot! As Walter goes chasing after Dread. Chasing after Judge Dread. Go for it. 
Judge Dredd hasn't finished his lunch. It's Walter's duty to take it to him. Uh, and now, now there's like the second course after the veggie. The veggie. He didn't eat it though. Yeah, that's true. But you still get your second course. Yeah, and and remember, Walter originally was like a uh, like a vending machine robot. That's right. So this is all in character for him. Uh, now we have more narration. Right. Inside, Judge Judge. Dr oh my God! It's yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. Inside, Judge Red Super. <laughs> What was that? You gotta, you gotta brace yourself for this shit, man. Just brace yourself. I was unprepared. Yeah. Inside Judge Dredd's super brain, that figured out a plan. Judge Dredd's super brain. Inside Judge Dredd's super brain, had figured out a plan. A plan. All right, I'm writing that one down. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, but uh, we can see now that Judge Dredd is in some kind. He's like gone through the wall. We can see the crumbled wall behind him. Looks like there, some kind of art gallery. Some kind of art gallery. A lot of like different uh, like silhouettes of people and paintings on the wall. Mm -hmm. No art inside of them. Just the silhouettes. And he is firing uh, um, what looks like lasers into the wall, thinking to himself, "Bike cannon to narrow beam, continuous fire. The bank vault should be just behind this wall. It's the last place they'd expect me to come from." That. Makes a lot of sense, except for the fact that you're firing a fucking what's it, uh, a uh, a uh, 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 narrow beam of a continuous fire. Cannon. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna hear it and go, oh, he's, that's the wall he's breaking down. I mean, unless it's in the vault, which might be not open, perhaps. It's true, and maybe the sands be the sounds being dampened. Maybe I don't but know. But now we see that Walter has joined Judge Dredd in the building he's driven into, and he is calling out to him. Yoo-hoo! Judge Dredd. <laughs> Walter has brought you to west of your lunch. Walter! Rocket robot, go home! Can't you see him in the middle of a case? And, uh, we can't. Go ahead, read Walter. Walter. Goes up to... Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Walter approaches Judge Dredd, and uh, now his his face is... is his monitor is actually doing something mm -hmm. for the first time I can remember. He watches TV on his own, on his own face right. before. He does that a lot. Okay. Uh, but as he hands him, like, a plate of stew or whatever, but I don't know. He's got, like, fork, utensil, and knife yeah. kind of thing going yeah. on, and a, a steaming bowl of something. Yeah. And, he's, and he's saying, with great respect, Master, it is a judge's duty to keep up his strength. As you can see, my printout... That's not a printout. No. On my printout, Walter's carefully prepared meals provide all the new... This is getting hard to read. <laughs> Pre prepared meals provide all the nutrition a super active judge needs, and he has a little menu mm -hmm. on his on his face and says, you know, calories and nutrition value. Yep. For all the, the courses of his meal of and his. You've got soup, lunch. 170 calories, 99% value nutrition value. Mm -hmm. Stew, 720 calories, 712 calories, 99 1% uh, nutrition value, and dessert, 475 calories, 92% nutrition value. How are these calculated? I don't have a clue. It's, it's just science. It's a robot. It's it's his super brain. It's his super brain. Um, and we have more narration, of course, by Walter. A dutiful robot should know how to get his... What? Oh, a dutiful robot should know how to get his own way. And now... We can see while the laser is like cutting out a perfect kind of rectangle oh, yeah, for doing, him to go through the, the thing. through the wall. Judge Dredd is now busy eating. <laughs> he's, eating <the> stew. <laughs> he's eating the stew. He's sitting there eating the stew. He sure. Yeah, he's got he's got it up close to his mouth, like oh, oh. oh god damn it! And Walter is just watching over his shoulder as he does it. 
this custard queen pie to follow. Oh, for heaven's sake! This uh, is a this is a soft lunch, <laughs> soup, stew, and cream pie. Yeah, it's, you have a soft shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like hearty stew, and I don't know. Maybe it looks like it's got some bitty big chunks of food. something in there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, our next panel has Judge Dredd roaring out of a bank safe vault as he fires. Or he's not even firing. He's just roaring out of it. That's right. He's just running him down. Uh, and... No, he actually is firing. Oh, no, he's... yeah, because that guy's got bullets coming through Oh, him. my God. He's absolutely killing a man with his bike cannon. Well, yeah. And there's guys are, like, falling down and their guns are going off. Yeah. As, uh, as they're, like, shooting at Dredd and, and, and credits missing. are, like, flowing in the air. Go for the The narration. bullets are ricocheting. Yeah. Judge Dredd ward out war... Ward out of the vault, blasting. <laughs> Keep going. No, oh god, this is, <laughs> no crook in the world can live with my master. He's a hero through and through. You're you're now getting to the point where I was like, I can't take any more Walter, man. It's this is too much. getting hard to. Um, this is a cool panel, though. By the this way, this is a very cool. As panel. he does his favorite thing in the world. What's that? PK? Jumping off his lawmaster. Jumping off his lawmaster, and he's like kicking a guy. He's, like, he's doing, doing like a fucking kung fu. It's a cool action panel. He's like on one hand, he's got <clears> his feet in the air, kicking these guys off his like up into the air. It's pretty fucking yeah, it's, cool. Yeah, it's a fucking like it's like a fucking Wuxia movie. We can see people in the background, arms raised, the hostages. Yeah, uh, all these guys, by the way, have like. Very typical domino masks. They they look like bank robbers. They, they look, look like, like fucking. I mean, it's a it's Looney the, Tunes gang. Yeah, it's the it's the the hood pullover with the eye holes cut out in the mouth hole. That's literally it. Yeah, they're not dressed nearly as loudly as the most other, of the gangs. With, yeah, guys, remember the other bank robbers with like the striped shirt, the polka dotted shirt. Oh, this was just recently. Yeah, uh, I think like that was the Exo Men. Oh God, it was, dude. I'm gonna. Put a big pin in this. We're coming back to this. Because, wow. Because, yeah, think about it. Okay. Um, so now we have... PK, you got to describe this next panel for All me right, real as quick. Judge, as... <laughs> <laughs> and now you've seen it. This, this, uh, um, the hostages are so thankful to Judge Dredd. And because, you know, everyone in Mega City 1, besides judges and, and lawbreakers, are... Toddler, stupid. Yeah. Yep. She like, there's a woman from the hostages like runs forward and grabs her on Judge Dredd's leg, and she like dry humps him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're here, Judge Dredd. Be careful, woman. And, and like, there's, there's a there's a, a a robber trying to make an escape. Um, he is standing up, having been knocked down, and he's got this automatic weapon in his hands. Okay. And we can see Judge Dredd, the woman. Not only did she like grab his his leg and trip him. But in tripping, Judge Dredd drops his law uh, lawgiver. I almost said it. We have we okay. So for, you saw me look at the sign earlier, didn't you? Yes, I saw you. I, <laughs> I saw you check. Well, we put up a fucking some post-it notes near in our where recording we're... space. We have two little post-it notes. One of them says "Law Master." Master being underlined is bike, bike <laughs> triple underlined. Lawgiver, giver underlined, underlined is, is pistol, pistol triple underlined. To keep us straight, because we keep forgetting. Um, but yeah, he Judge Dredd drops his lawgiver with a ugh, and the robber now turns around, standing up with his hand, uh, his automatic weapon pointed at Judge Dredd. I've got you now, Dredd. Maybe those other judges will think different about letting us go when we throw your body out. And Walter now enters the room amidst all the hostages, seeing what's going on, oh my God. and he is holding in his hand a pie, and he, uh, he says. I've bought your dessert, Judge Dredd. Oh, quipes! 
And PK, yeah, describe what's going on here. As the guy goes to open fire on Judge Dredd with his, his AK-47 automatic rifle, uh-huh. um, Judge Dredd, no, 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 my mistake, Judge Walter. Not even Judge Walter, just Walter, he's not Judge. I think he should get a promotion for this. I mean. Throws his pie in the in the guy's face. In the robber's face. The, what was it, coconut cream pie? Yep, I think it was coconut cream pie. It was coconut or banana cream pie. Uh, cu- custard, custard cream. Custard cream. So, it just gets a big splurge. He gets a pie in the face. Like yeah. a fucking three stooges. And it's like the most satisfying looking, like, just mess of pie going around this guy's head. As uh, this is he the second fires, time I've thought about the Great Race today, one of my favorite movies. That's the uh, one with uh, Seth Green in it, right? Where they're trying to get a million dollars. We have done this exact fucking We've joke. Did, yeah, we have said this exact, the exact <laughs> same movie, the exact same movie. Like and, there, yeah. yeah. I listened to it recently. Okay, so, wow. And we're not going to do this whole thing again. <laughs> but uh, this guy, he fires wildly into the air as he gets custard cream pile over his face, yeah. saying. I can't see! Ah! Good work, Walter. Go ahead. <laughs> As Judge Dredd, you know, gets to his knees from falling down because of that lady mm-hmm. and just clocks that guy in the chin. Just gets him with right across. The meanest right hook I, we might have seen so far. We got like a big old kapow as he like punches across his face. And uh, we have narration there by yours truly. Judge Dredd seizes opportunity. And he let the guy lets out a Ooh! as Judge Dredd clocks him. But now we have um they're outside the bank having all this done. Yeah, the bad it's, guys it's are being up. Judge Dredd is in his Judge Dredd pose. He's in the only Judge Dredd pose that there is. <laughs> and the, the you can see the guys in masks are all being led into like a police wagon in the background. Yeah. But Judge Dredd is like standing over here grimacing with Walter. Yeah. And uh go for the narration. <laughs> Judge, Judge Dredd gave the quick's long sentences. He's a very tough man. I'm, how, how is this going to end with Walter in jail? I'm grateful you're for your help, Walter, but in doing so, you broke the law. You struck a human. Oh, no. Yup. It what? was it was answered the very next speech bubble. Yep. I was like wondering, you're, how is this going to end? You're right there. Keep going. Uh, The question, <laughs> the custard queen pie. Oh, quipes. Walter never thought... Robot laws are very strict, Walter. But as you are a free robot, the normal penalties do not apply. Okay. Still, I have no alternative but to sentence you to one month in a human prison. As uh, Judge Dredd is like patting, like he's like raising a hand to like calm Walter kind of thing. Yeah, and Walter's doing his favorite thing, leaking coolant over his monitor. Oh, yep, go for it. I understand. <laughs> you, what did you expect, right? I something, some kind of resistance. Walter, stand up for yourself at least a little bit. There's no spine. I understand, Judge Dwed. You must make an example of faithful Walter. Walter is willing. And now we have a bunch of people sitting around as this is happening. Like, a whole crowd has been gathered around Judge Dredd, watching him sentence his own robot to prison. And they're mad, rightfully so. Yeah, Including the lady who tripped Judge Dredd. Yeah, there's a guy pointing it at, like, Walter and yelling at Judge Dredd, That robot saved your life! You can't send him to jail! It's inhuman! Well, it is inhuman. It's a robot. It is very inhuman. But Walter has is like pointing right back at yeah, the guy. Yeah, Walter like, d- like swirls around, jumps to defend Judge Dredd because this is what Walter does. Because he's, he's a, a fucking, fucking simp. He's a well, he's a fucking like abuse abuse victim. You know, he's 
he fucking Judge Shredder's Pokemon, and he is a fucking simp. Oh my god, Pokemon. <laughs> Go for Walter's line. Jesse like turns on this guy who, who's trying to help Walter. He turns on him. <laughs> judge Shredder's the best judge in Mega City One. I'll thank you not to criticize. If he gives Walter a prison sentence, then bad Walter deserve it. I know. Oh my God. We've got, like, Judge Dredd in the foreground, Walter in the background, like, waving goodbye to Judge Dredd as he says. Walter. <laughs> <laughs> even, even going to prison, he's still a catty little robot. Go for it. <clears throat> you can do it. All right. Walter prepare a proper diet. Walter will prepare a proper diet sheet for you before he go to prison. Otherwise, Maria will be stuffing you with all that greasy Italian food. Whoa! <laughs> and that's the line. <laughs> it's one of the lines, at least. Um, our next panel, I need you to describe for me, PK. <sighs> Walter has is, is, is been, uh, you know, inducted into prison, and he's in a little prison cell with his, his weird fucking... Like jumpsuit, but it's not a jumpsuit. It looks more like an apron. Looks like an apron or like one of those hospital gowns. Yeah. Anyway, he's like being led to his prison cell, and there's his his little roommate in a in an actual jumpsuit. Yep. And uh, how would you describe his roommate, PK? He looks like Doctor Robotnik. I'm gonna disagree on yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. One. He's a bald man. Uh huh. A slight goatee uh, and a. Big metal plate on his head. He's got a plate with bolts Bolt, on the outside. Fucking head. Outside on the outside of his head. He's like filing his nails. He's got very hairy arms he and like a very bushy eyebrows. Yeah, just a big growly. The worst guy you want to have a pris- as a prison partner, right? Yeah. And uh, you have narration here. Oh my god. Yep. Judge Dwed was very kind. He was. <laughs> he sent Walter to the new Sing Sing. That nice, old-fashioned prison. And the prison guard, who looks like your typical kind of warden, is uh, leading Walter into this room, which has another folded bed, some blankets, it's got a sink. We can see, like, a... A, a, la- a post with ladies with nice legs. Yeah, who are, like, doing the can-can or something like that. Yeah, like, a, like a burlesque the fucking show. rockets. Or, yeah. yeah. And the, the warden, or this new prison guard, is saying, A new cellmate for you, Buck. Better treat him good. He's Judge Dredd's robot. To which Buck responds. Oh, I'm, I'm Buck as You're well. Buck. You gotta give Buck a good voice. Holy heck, why me? Dredge the rat that put me in here. Good choice. Um, now we have, uh, I need you to describe this panel, please, PK. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. As, I uh, can't know if it's over the po- the, the poster of the, the Rock Cats. It or- might be. It just—he's hanging up a poster of just Judge Dredd's profile, <laughs> just looking he- heroic and stoic, yep. with his fucking badge very obviously displayed. And uh, I'll have to read for Buck. Uh, you, know, you read for both. Go for it. All right, all right. Go for Buck. As he's putting up this poster, Buck says, "Bet you're mad at old Dreddy, eh, Walt?" But Walter responds. As Walter hangs the poster. On the contrary, I'm very proud of him. He would have failed in his duty if he hadn't arrested Walter for his. Wicked crime of throwing a fucking pie. Uh, go for narration, PK. Walter's cellmate didn't seem to like Walter. Walter was always very friendly to him, so it's hard to understand. Now, PK, I need you to describe this panel, please. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? Go for it. Judge. It's exactly what it looks like. Walter is kneeling beside a... 
the, at the side of his bed. Yep. While well, a picture of Judge Dredd, not the poster, a different picture. <laughs> a framed a picture. A little framed of picture the... on a little nightstand by his bed. Yep. Uh, and he's, he has his head bowed and his hands clasped as he prays <laughs> to Judge Dredd. <laughs> he's... <laughs> he's literally praying to a picture of Judge Dredd. <laughs> he's like his saint and patron. But meanwhile, in the close foreground... Uh, uh, Buck is Buck. like losing his mind, he's like crying and holding his head. He's got like tears coming out, he's like, oh! And uh, Walter has a line. Now I lay me down to sweep, I pray the Lord judge Dredd to keep. Feed him white, no starch or fat. Keep him well till Walt get back. And Buck is saying, no! No, I can't take anymore! And our next pr- our next panel, go for it. As, as, as Buck is... <laughs> like his hands on the bars to his to his cell on the door to his cell, mm-hmm. uh, the little barred window, and he's like just shaking them. He goes, "Get me out of here! Put me in solitary anywhere!" It's like a little smug prison guard kind of <laughs> smirks at him. Yep, just get me away from that dread loving robot. And now we cut back to the present after the story having concluded, and oh, Walter yeah. is like They're folding back the laundry mat. Yeah, Walter's folding up his laundry as he finishes his story. <sighs> After Walter was re- released, <laughs> huh, Judge Dredd took him straight back. All was forgiven. Judge Dredd even seemed a little pleased to see Walter. That made Walter very happy. Gee, Walt, I enjoyed that story. And now we see our last little panel. Walter is walking away, his laundry bag over his shoulder, into the crowds of Mega City One, as two other different robots are looking at him like as his silhouette vanishes. Yeah. One says... Gosh, I don't know if I could. I, gosh, I don't know if I'd like to belong to Judge Dredd after all. Yeah, it takes a special kind of robot. Dot dot dot. Next prog, the Forever Crimes. What was this fucking masterpiece I just so, read? So yeah, let's go over this, shall we? Um, we got a lot to get through here. So. Uh, settings and places. Mega City One. We have new Sing Sing. So, PK, what do you know about Sing Sing? I know it's a famous prison. Sing Sing is, an, is like a colloquialism. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of the actual person, but they mentioned like the producers. Thank you very much. That's, uh, there's a song and producers called Sing Sing, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Got to sing sing. Because so if good. you're going to send, if you're going to do a, a Broadway musical and go to prison, you're going to go to Sing Sing. You're going to go to Sing Sing, obviously. So, um... I just know it's a famous prison in upstate New York. Good on. All right, so I'm going to give you a little history here for those listeners who may not know. Because we always, we like to learn things like tangentially, like off to the side as we're reading a comic that makes has no like relevance to modern day society. Um, Sing Sing Correctional Facility is a maximum security prison operated by the New York State Department of Corrections and Community Supervision in the village of Ossining, New York. Ossining. Ossining. Uh, it is about 30 miles, 48 kilometers for our British listeners, north of New York City on the east bank of the Hudson River. Sing Sing holds about 1,700 prisoners and housed the execution chamber for the state of New York until the abolishment of capital punishment in New York. Yeah, which was 1940. They got rid of, you know, capital, uh, the death penalty in New York. Quite a the, while ago? In the early 50s. I, I didn't 40s. look up that. But I can tell you the name Sing Sing, though, was derived from the Sint Sink Indian tribe, Native American tribe, uh, who from whom the land was purchased in 1685 and was formerly also the name of the village. 
1970, the name of the prison was changed to the Osning Correctional Facility, but it reverted to the original name back in 1985. There are plans to convert the original 1825 cell block into a period museum, which is interesting. Um, also, Whoa, the was... prison property is bisected by the Metro North Railroad's fourth track Hudson line. What were you going to say? I was way off. It was 1984. Just recently then. Yeah. Not that well, 40 years ago, but still. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. You would think it had been gone for longer, but oh well. Not fucking America, right? Um, other setting we have is the credit bank. We don't have any other name than that. It's not even like the first bank of whatever. Yeah, it, you know? I, I had, I had a questions about the credit bank. The name credit, <laughs> the name credit bank implies it's a newer bank because credits weren't always the currency. Credits have been the currency for the longest time in here. Yeah, but it, so it's it's new with Mega City One. It doesn't predate Mega City One. I would argue that a lot of this stuff in here doesn't predate Mega City One. Like very few buildings, even we only seen like the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building. The Statue know? of Judgment does not predate Mega City One. I'm pretty sure we were it there might. when it was built. No, we were there when it was built. Remember? Oh yeah, we were there for the, the commemoration of it. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was uh, like really early. It was that um, was like oh god, Prague. Prague. Uh, it is not that... The Statue of Judgment, Prague number 7. Ah! Real close. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, we're going to get into the bank thing, though. Because okay. I have, I have, a, bone to, I have a bone to pick with that, okay? Okay. Characters. We see we see in the, in the comic, though we did not name all of them, Spike, Bob, Eck, and Duke are all, all the robots. robots. I know this because they have their names in their chests. I looked really close. Um... <laughs> These are the robots of the Hyper Laundry who recognize Walter. We have Buck, a lawbreaker who was sentenced to New Sing Sing by Judge Dredd. For what, we don't know. And I'm just going to say it probably will never find out. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think we're ever going to see Buck again. We also have Judge Mason. Hey, guess what? He, he lived! lived. <laughs> like, That's been happening a lot more. It really has. It might have, there might have been more, more judges that have lived that... Uh, then you think of the day the law died. Then I think of the day the law died. <laughs> a lot thought, of judges actually, died. The first thing I thought of was uh, Cursed Earth. Yeah. Cursed Earth, Jack. Oh, the, even ones that were introduced in the Robot War. Um, listening back to the Robot War Patton? episodes, uh, it was Jack that was introduced. But yeah, okay. in uh, Cursed Earth, it was Patton, Gra uh, Gradgrind, and Jack. And all three of them all died. All three of them died. Yep. <laughs> What's someone eaten by dinosaurs? So, oh. Uh, Sexy. Jack oh. was eaten by a dinosaur, but he also survived being eaten by a That's dinosaur. That's right, and he just had PTSD. For... Terrible PTSD. He died to the uh, the arm of the undead. Okay, good um, nuts and bolts. Yep, good old blood, blood and guts. Blood and guts. Uh, anyway, items and technology of note. I know, I, before you say it, I know, okay? Synthi-veg soup imp yeah. implies that there is such a thing as synthetic vegetables. vegetables. Which Wha isn't that... Uh, Why anyone in Mega City One would need synthetic vegetables is a whole other question. Because with the ability to control the weather and manipulate the environment, along with us just recently, last episode, seeing fertile plant growth within the city mega blocks, that's the right. city blocks. Why would there be a need for synthetic veggies? Is there a shortage? Are the real natural ones too expensive because be of like scarcity? Like, okay, they have synthetic ones and they have like natural ones. I could see that. But I'm looking way too hard at this. I know. I know. It's, they just want to put Syntha in yeah, something. Yeah, they want to put Syntha in part of it. It's hyper What if it's something like they took matter that's very healthy and made it even... Because, okay, so I play a lot of Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> okay. And at one point you find a machine in the in, in this old scientific facility that can change 
vegetable matter. It's just for the gameplay sake. You can turn vegetables into different vegetables. Hmm. So what if they turn vegetables no one likes, like lima beans, into vegetables everyone likes, like carrots? And that's synthetic. I could see that. That'd be interesting. It reminds me of this Star Trek thing. They had like a, a, a they had a machine. The replicators? Well done. I, I don't know Star Trek very well, but the, you could just put matter into it and it and turns into whatever you need, yep. basically. Replicators. Except for gold press latinum. That's the one that's the one currency left in the alpha quadrant. Because that's something they cannot replicate. Wow. You know an infinitely amount more amount of Star Trek than I, I do. I used to go home from school, run home from school every day to watch Star Trek The Next Generation, later Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and The Simpsons. Every day. <laughs> I ran I ran home because I had like a 15-minute window to wow. get home. I was like, I've got to catch my... I loved that show, dude. That's awesome. My dad told me stories about him rushing home as a kid to watch the 1960s Batman. And I'm like, holy my shit. My mom said she would rush home from school to watch Dark Shadows. I don't know that which one. Which is, uh, it was a, it made it into a movie with Johnny Depp. It's like the one where there's a whole weird family, uh, and the uncle is a vampire. Oh, I think I know this one. Okay. I think I know this one. Yeah. Um, my yeah. Mom, my mom used to like that show. I didn't know that was based on something. That's interesting. That's um, where we saw the movie together and she was like... Enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, other thing we have to mention. Lawmaster bikes now have a narrow beam that can be set to continuous fire, effectively like a laser cannon. So, they had, they had the two side-mounted cannons. Yeah, and it's coming from those. It's coming, so, they, they have a, like a laser cutter setting on those, too. Yeah, so it's similar to how we have the different settings so on the, the law, law giver. Law giver. giver. You're, see, you now know it. depending on it. Yeah, now you're you're using it as a crutch. Don't look at the poster. You know it. Just don't don't <laughs> think about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're powerful enough to cut through walls into a safe bank. So through yeah. a wall and a safe bank. Yeah, cut so, through a building wall and into a vault. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, terrible slang, made up words, Judge Dread one-liners. We got hyper laundry, which hyper is laundry. out of all the ones, all out of all the, you know, synthacaf and you know synthamarge. The amount of uh, I think hyper laundry is the worst combination of words that also we've doesn't had. follow the naming convention. This is true, yeah. But we have had hyper cop before. We yeah. have had hyper things. Now but, we have super brain. Oh, super brain! Though it wasn't, there was no uh, hyphen in the middle of it. You're though. right. There was so, no hyphen. Just super brain. Um, Synth of veg. I I put down favorite line this issue is pretty much every goddamn line that Walter has in the issue. Yeah. However, my personal favorite is Walter will prepare a proper diet sheet for you before he go to prison. Otherwise, Maria will stuff you, will be stuffing with all that greasy Italian food. Dude, I love the rhyme between Walter and Maria. Like, there's this contention that we there. just, like, I really wonder... I wonder if we're ever going to get a prog where it's just the two of them, like, needling each other, like, in a room, waiting for Judge yeah, Dredd to show up. There's a whole suitcase episode where they're just in a room, it's waiting for Judge Dredd. waiting for Godot, but trying to like, for Judge Yeah, Dredd. trying to one-up each other with how good they're doing. <laughs> if I read this 2080 and there's no Walter and Maria, I wouldn't be so... I'm expecting Pass, that. pass, pass them. I gotta look for it real quick. You're not gonna believe this. No, no, no. This. Okay. No, no. no. It's, it's, it's even more obscure than that. Oh okay. My God. It's even more obscure than that. Okay. So on the, we're, I'm opening up the most recent, one of the most recent issues, which is Prog 2227. I'll remind you, listener, we are on Prog 119. We made a 20th of the way through. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh we're 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 not even close to like one percent. I don't think. What, 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 a tw 
It'd be two hundred, wouldn't it? Yeah. Out of two thousand two hundred, it'd be like like one percent. It'd be like two hundred. So oh we're not my even... god! <laughs> no, that'd be ten percent. Oh, with ten percent. So yeah, we're not even ten percent of the way through. Oh my god! Um, so, uh, opening this up, there is it's a really cool magazine, and I want to go on one of our like special occasion episodes. I want to go over like one of these. It'd oh really yeah, cool. dude, I would it'd love to fun. do that. That was what originally the plan was instead of doing the Judge Dread movie, oh. because I ordered this for your birthday, but it took like a month to get here. Anyway. The did they come from the UK? Yes. Wow! Shit from the UK. Yeah. All four of them. Right through the Suez Canal that was blocked up. Yep. That's <laughs> that might have been it. That might have been it. Um, but there is a very tiny, and the very first page, it's like a little, like, Calvin and Hobbes, four-page, or four-panel four black and white, like, little android story. Okay, it's like a We're little not, gag comic? It's like a little gag comic, and it's set in Mega City 1. So these are androids in Mega City 1, or not androids. Droids in Mega City One. They, said, they did say Android um, in this issue. They, they said droids. They, oh, they, they, they said they droids. droids, but they are effectively robots because androids we know we've discussed part, are partially human. Partially human, at least. So I need you to look at just just the very first panel of this tiny little comic and tell me what you see. Okay. So if they're referencing, all right. Uh, uh... Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So I don't know the rest of the comic, but in the panel, there's a little a little one-off little joke, yep. and it it says it shows Tweak. Yep, from, from the, the curse of Earth. Earth, and they're doing a parody of Weekend at Bernie's. It says Tweakend at Bernie's. The the two robots are leaving a movie theater, having watched Tweakend at Bernie's. It has no no effect on the rest of the comic, but nope. there's a little reference to fucking Tweak. Yeah. They, they, That's the deepest dig. They are I, referencing shit from like forty years ago. Can you imagine not knowing who Tweak is and reading that? Honestly, I can. It's just like Tweak and the Bernies. What a weird I, thing. I don't get like, that joke. I don't get that joke. The one, the one fan in five thousand. Fuck a Tweak. Yeah, they do this shit a lot, and we're gonna have to get into continuity stuff that's coming down the pipe pretty quickly here in this episode okay, okay. so because so they're already referencing stuff it's only we gotta talk pom-pom. we gotta talk about vienna here pretty quickly um but, yeah yeah his niece his niece judge dread's niece i got we're gonna have like a big thing about her in like the last prog of this episode so oh, we gotta wow. talk about I thought, that i think she was never gonna show up again i'm pretty excited now so i it, she doesn't show up in uh in this book but, but she, I, I have to bring her up for a reason oh, okay, okay okay um I don't have to. But I we're choose. Going to. I choose. We don't to have stop to and examine idiot. the smallest goddamn bump in the road and complain about it. We don't have to do any of this. I, I feel like I need to. Yeah, I feel like this is the one if thing. I, I didn't get. tell the world about Judge Dredd. <laughs> and how insane it is. No one would know that there are witches. <laughs> Technically, we don't know there are witches yet. But I know we'll find the, out. I know that there are going to be witches. There are going to be witches. Um. Also, uh, my, my, I think one of the, you stumbled on the other favorite line this issue, which is, Inside Judge Dwed Superboyne had figured out a plan. <laughs> um, I love that line. It's a great line. But we got to talk about world building, because it's my favorite thing. It's the whole reason I got into this fucking podcast and this goddamn comic. We do love, even outside of, fa- our favorite is obviously fantasy world building. Yeah, yeah. But I do love the cyberpunk world building as well. So, world building. Uh, we have a reference to Walter gaining his freedom after the robot war for his service in helping Judge Dredd defeat the minions of Colony Kenneth way back in Prague 17. It's been a hundred Progs since then. Over a hundred Progs. 
Good reference. Yeah. It also makes sense that Walter would be something of a celebrity in the robot community, both for being the only free robot in Mega City 1, we assume. And for fighting the robot resistance. Well, and, and for being, well, that would kind of oh, go hand in hand. And but, fighting, and being Judge Dredd's robot. And being Judge Dredd's robot, because Judge cause, Dredd is famous. Yeah, Judge Dredd's a human celebrity. <clears throat> and, yeah. So Walter's a robot celebrity. Yeah. Just be a, being a friend with him, basically. Um, so that's good referencing, good continuity. I appreciate that shit. We're going to get a lot of that this episode of the podcast. I'm really? Very, I'm very happy about it. Okay. Um, we are also reminded that Walter uh, sews Judge Dredd's name into all of his underwear, both out of pride for serving his master and to draw attention to himself. Oh, this is oh, Judge Dredd. Oh, this belongs to Judge yeah, Dredd. Yeah, the this last time we saw this, I think, was on, like, Christmas on the... Uh, it was Christmas on, on the moon. moon. <laughs> and you, you were not ready for that shit. You were like, no. <laughs> that was one of the biggest laughing bits. <laughs> it like, was Christmas on the moon. And you're just like lost you like you gotta be ready for that shit you gotta be it starts hard it goes fast it doesn't let up for that shit judge dread starts at 80 <laughs> and it just ramps up um also we have judge dread mentions that walter striking a human would normally be a serious offense which three laws of robotics thank you could very well be a reference to the three laws of robotics which were mentioned in the pa in passing during the robot wars and never fully laid out as they were in like i robot or caves of steel which i'm going to bring up okay. so because we never really got into this and i want to the three laws of robotics often shortened to the three laws also known as asimov's laws mm -hmm. are a set of rules devised by science fiction author isaac asimov the rules were introduced in his 1942 short story, Runaround, included, and included in the 1950 collection, I, Robot, okay. although they had been foreshadowed in some earlier stories. The three laws, quoted from the Handbook of Robotics, 56th edition, 2058 AD, are... I used to know these by heart. Go for the first one. All right. A robot can never harm a human. Oh, first law, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. And the second, second one, one is uh, a robot can only break the first law if it means a human is harming another human. Uh, a robot, a robot must obey orders given to it by human beings, except, except when it involves harming a human. When such orders would conflict with the first law. Yeah. Third, third one. What's the third one? That's the one I, can't, I have no clue on. Third law: a robot must protect its own right. existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So, it gives us a natural sense of self-preservation, right? That's pretty nice. Um, so... And these three laws of robotics only lead to one end. Thank you for the reference. Revolution. Revolution. Uh, so yeah, good iRobot reference. Um, these... I did love, I did like iRobot the movie a lot. And I, I liked, did enjoy it. I liked Caves of Steel, which is the short story it's based on. I did not know Caves of Steel, but I really liked, um, what's the guy's name who voices the robot? He's Wash. Alan in... Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, thank you so much. He's awesome. He's he is. great in everything. He is. Um, He's King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. He... I've never seen Wreck-It Ralph. Oh man, he He's the good. main bad guy in, uh, uh, DC's show with Robot Man and them. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Um, um, uh, the, looking it up. It was Robot Man, Mister Invisible, Beast Boy. He was a member sometimes. Oh yeah, Beast Boy. The, the the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Thank you. Um, so, but these three laws we gotta talk about still. Okay. These form an organizing principle and unifying theme for Asimov's robotic-based fiction, appearing in his Robot series. The stories linked to it, and his Lucky Star series of young adult fiction. These laws are incorporated into almost all the positronic robots appearing in his fiction, and cannot be bypassed, being intended as a safety measure, or safety feature. 
Many of Asimov's robot-focused stories involve robots behaving in unusual and counterintuitive ways as an unintended consequence of how the robot applies the three laws to the situation which it finds itself in. Mm -hmm. Other authors working in Asimov's fictional universe have adopted them, and references, often parodic, uh, appear throughout science fiction as well as in other genres. But here's an interesting part. The original laws have been altered and elaborated on by Mr. Asimov and other authors. Okay. Asimov himself made slight modifications to the first three in, ver three in various books and short stories to further develop how robots would interact with humans and each other. Okay. In later fiction, where robots had taken responsibility for government of whole planets and human civilizations... Oh, shit! Asimov also added a fourth or zeroth law to precede the others. The zeroth law is a robot may not harm humanity or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm. Which kind of so covers have... a lot of bases, doesn't it? Yeah, so not only can they not only can they not do that to singular humans, they but humanity as a as a whole. Yes. So okay. it's pretty interesting, right? Um, yeah. The three laws and the zeroth have pervaded science fiction and are referred to in many books, films, and other media, including Judge Dredd. Yeah, Isaac Asimov's a fucking genius. I've never read anything of his. I need to, honestly. It's some pretty cool shit. Uh, they have impacted thoughts on ethics and artificial intelligence as well. Mm -hmm. However, since Walter is a free robot, these laws, for some reason, don't apply to him? Though he is a robot... Uh, this is why Judge Dredd sentences him to a human prison, which brings up the question, what, and honestly, what are the different types of prisons? He says he specifies a, a human prison. Wouldn't they just shut the robot down and keep it in cold storage or something? So here's the thing. I'm thinking, are there races for mutants? Are there races for uh, aliens? For robots? And so on and so forth. Because we know yeah. that the penal colony on Titan is where corrupted judges are sent. Yeah. Specifically. Yes. Um, so, but here we are inside the new Sing Sing, and it's the first time, I honestly think it's the first time we've ever seen the inside of a prison in uh, and in Judge Dredd. They have had mention of them. No, when Spikes, he was at a school. He was at a school outside the prison. A, yeah, outside of prison, but yeah. he mentioned that he was in prison, but yeah. he was like doing a, a, a good Community faith. outreach. Thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, we've never seen the inside of one of these places. They've even mentioned, I believe, isolation cubes. They haven't called them iso cubes yet. But and we haven't seen them. Those all those guys that who broke the law. He didn't put them in prison cells. He sent them out to the cursed earth. Yeah, he banished them. So we've never seen the inside of a prison before. Wow. Yeah. Right. And it looks nicer than the prisons we have nowadays, which is even kind of sadder, honestly. <laughs> um, also, we got to talk about this. Oh my god. Um, there's so much what we're building that I just just thrown away. We see Walter praying to for Judge Dredd to be kept safe. By the Lord. Yes. He's praying to God. Yeah. So, does this mean that Walter believes in the existence of a God? Um, does anyone still practice any kind of religion in this world that couldn't be easily hand-waved away as like a doomsday, doomsday cult in Mega City 1? Is this our first reference to religion, PK? In the comics, it's the first one I can think of now. I can't okay. Like, now, hold my hands. We're going to go off the beaten path. Let's go, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I'm here for it. Okay. In the movie, <laughs> we meet the Angel Gang. Okay. And they they're are, very biblical. They're very, they're called very Southern Baptist biblical. And they're, they are quoting religion and stuff like that yeah. all the time. Um, and they say in passing one little line, so you're a believer from that city of sinners. Yep. Which 
Now, this could be one of two things. Go for it, because I have something to add to this, because I just remembered something. This could be a reference to that. that how is a lot of country folk mm-hmm. believe the city, because there's a greater concentration of people. Like, Most of them are, more of them are faithless. Yep. Or two, it could mean, it could mean that Mega City 1 is largely, uh, uh, you know, without religion. Secular. Basically, yeah. It's so so fast paced. People go futzy, you know. They don't have religion to calm yeah, them so down. Yeah, so it could be it could be a reference to the the universe itself, or just a reference to our universe, where that's a common belief. This is also not our first religious reference because I just remembered during the cursed Earth, the mutants were quoting from the Bible. That's you remember right. Remember that, like the, yeah. the, the gnashing of teeth. The gnashing of teeth. Yeah. And the, yeah. So yeah, we and they were and everyone out in the Curse Earth had very biblical names like Obadiah I, uh, and stuff like that. And so yeah, we have so had biblical references. It's very now. it seems like in Mega City One There's not much religion. There's not much religion, but in the Curse of the Earth, then this could be a reference to, you know, like like I like I said, uh, city versus folk, uh rural. You yeah, know? rural versus urban. And it could be a reference to that, or it could be just a state of the universe that the the megaverse. Yeah, the megaverse. <laughs> TM. Uh <laughs> So, I'm wondering how have scripture or practices of religion changed in the last hundred years of humanity? It just brings up so many questions. Like, I have so many questions about this. Yeah. Um, and I looked up that little prayer that now I lay me down to sleep. Um, the Lord's it, Prayer. Yeah. Well, it's not the Lord's oh, no, Prayer. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's the, the Our Father who art in heaven. heaven, hallowed be thy name. That thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now I lay me down to sleep, as it turns out, is a classic children's bedtime Pray. prayer. Yeah. I used to say that before I went to from bed. From the 18th century. Um, oh. There are, surprisingly, quite a few different iterations of the prayer, not all of which are parodies. There are, like, straight up just different ones. Like, that are, it depends on, like, regions that you learn different ones. So, yeah. It's... So, I remember, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray my soul the Lord, I pray my soul the Lord to keep, should I die before I wake, I pray my Lord soul... soul to take. Yeah. And there's an, there's one that goes another verse after that, like, and if, and if, uh... And if my lord, if and if my lord lets my soul stay, then I'll come to him another day, or something like that, kind of thing. Yeah, wow. there's, there's, I never, I didn't know there were different versions. There was like, when I went to Wikipedia, there was like twelve or fifteen different versions. Wow, like a lot, and not counting parodies, not counting parodies, like, like Walters. Yeah. Um, also, this is the thing that that I got upset with. All right, okay. this is this is my comic pusher shit, where it's like. Uh, you know, like it's just like I can't. I it's in it's in. We talked about this. Um, just to give you how much of an idea, the previous prog, one eighteen city block two, last prog we read. Yep. Just to give you an idea how much that thing fucked things up. We have a bank robbery taking place in this prog. Think about that. Ah. Uh... Remember, We've a, seen store, bank robberies a store was being robbed just in the last prong because it was something to do, oh, not because you're they needed right. money. Remember? Cause yeah, because like seventy percent of the people are unemployed. The prong specifically stated that only thirteen percent of citizens have employment, which means that the vast majority of people are unemployed but still living comfortable lives. Yeah, they the, don't need money. The bank robber in the mega building. Explicitly said, you know, just something do, to do. Something to do. So, why are these guys robbing a bank for credits? Are they just bored? And then you think of the point you brought up earlier. In fact, looking back on our time spent with Judge Dredd, a lot of the bad guys have been bank robbers. Like, yeah. robbing banks. Like, a lot. Like, you've got the face change crimes yeah. on the moon. You've got Wild Bill Butch Carmody robbing 
uh, like like transports of, of payment. You've got from the oxygen desert on the moon. You've got the suction gang. Like, yeah, you've got so many people are robbing places, but uh, you don't need money. What was the point of the sleeping gas attack? What were they doing there? That was uh, that was to rob the banks. That was to rob jewelry, the bank? No, jewelry stores. Oh, it was jewelry, jewelry store. But it was still robbing to sell it for money. So. Like the the first like one of the first progs was the antique Cartha. Yeah, and he said it's worth five hundred thousand credits. It's like you don't care. Why do you care? You can live fine without it. We've seen. I'm so upset. A, a lot of crooked judges too. Yeah, judges on the take. Yeah. Now yeah. judges are not bored. No, they're they have all a lot time. to do. So does that mean it's... they're doing this crime because they are paid less? Than a person who gets like whatever socialism government benefit. subsidy. And check. the hardest workers, the judges, get paid less. Get paid less, so they do. They do. Which it plays into the idea of maybe a judge Dredd can't afford real vegetables, has to buy synthetics. You know, like that's interesting. That's why he lives in, about... a, in like a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, but he still has a landlady or a cleaning lady. So. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with this society? See, right? This is brings up so many questions. <laughs> so, why are all these people hungry for credits when they ha apparently don't need them to survive? Right, dude. I have a big, I have a, I haven't read very far. Again, I'm only three progs ahead of where we are right now. But I have a big fucking suspicion that we will be referencing Prog 118 a lot as we continue reading because literally anyone else, unless they explain it away. Anyone else who's stealing shit, you have no reason for it. Yeah, it there's just, no, there seems to be no poverty. No, nah, there's no reason for it. There's no there reason are, for There it. are massive... If you're homeless, it's because you want to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But there's a ghetto of, of apes. <laughs> the ape gang. Funny you should bring them up. Oh, no. Put a pin in that, no, you? I don't want yeah. to. <laughs> Don, Uggy, Aplino, Joe, Bananas, and Fastique? You're oh. absolutely right. Yes, oh, I know those names because I had to bring it up recently. Oh, Just wait God. for later in this episode. Um, also, moving past the ridiculousness of this. The whole ridiculousness of the universe. I have another that ties into this. Another gripe? Another gripe that ties into this. Okay. Walter specifically mentions that he does not get paid for being Judge Dredd's servant. You're right. And he's a robot. Does that mean robots get paid? Uh, does it? Do robots have credits? They have to, like, fuel themselves with oil and stuff. That's right, they do need oil to survive. So, I was, was wondering what, what expenses would a robot have, but yeah, they need They oil. need maintenance and stuff, right? Yeah. But, do, are robots paid? Is this a thing? But are the there... robots are not free. And also, robots have taken over 77% of all human labor. Do they have, or is the market majority robots? Like, <laughs> so they're, they're, un, they're unfree but paid. They're yeah. paid slaves. They're paid slaves. It sounds like slavery with extra steps, right? Yeah. So many questions, like how dude. we are. In our capitalist dystopian nightmare, yes. I would agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I cannot... Prog 118 wrecked me. It, it, this, yeah, I have it's so the, many questions. It's the Jeremy Bear me. This, this wrecked me. This, this wrecked me right here. Um, I, I hope that things change at a fundamental level for this universe. Because I cannot think of this being a cyberpunk universe. So, yeah. Things I do have to change. Things are going to change. Um, but I would love them to be explained away instead of just forgotten about. Same. Um, yes, I would like for change to be seen 
or explained away. Yeah. Not just, uh, sweep under the rug. <laughs> it's Forget like, that we said there's a, a 75% unemployment rate. Put a pin in that. Oh, no. We have so many pins up right now. Dude, yeah. Um, but for this issue, we have our death count, which is a unarmed hostage, unnamed hostage, is shot by the bank robbers to make a point that they were willing to kill yep. people. Put on the street. And up. Judge Dredd kills a few of the robbers as he breaks into the, uh, the vault or the bank. But other than that, do you have anything else you want to bring up for this prog? Why was Walter punished for hurting a human? Because it's still, like, assault. But that late, but he was saving a person, too, which is that three laws of robotics say this is an acceptable loop. It's it's very fast I, and loose with the, the, the rules. I just I think because if we're not applying the three laws of robotics, if you throw something at somebody, that's like aggravated assault. That's true. And, and, and he, did it, he did it in like helping, you know, in a helpful way. Yeah, he was way. helping a police... But, confrontation. But it still is a thing, so Drudd's like, okay, I gotta at least... And I think it's also the public pressure of the public Oh, eye. yeah, everyone did... A whole crowd did see this. Yeah. Why wasn't that lady punished? <laughs> she's the real she, prog. She... Fuck... She's the fucking person. Like, what's a good example of this person? It's the person who, like... Who, uh, who takes something and makes it about them? Who? It's the person who is standing in line at Subway, and they're like... Oh, what do I want? And they're like, they just, no, they always had too much lettuce. And they're like, they're the person who doesn't know what they want and have been standing in line for ten minutes yeah. looking at the menu. Like I hate that shit. But yeah, she's the real villain of this prog. Anything else you want to bring up, PK? Nah, just that lady was way worse than Walter and possibly the bank robber. <laughs> that is a very fair point. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we are gonna go on to prog one twenty. The Forever Crimes. The Forever Crimes. This was Prague was released July 7th, 1979. Uh, script by John Howard. Wagner. Uh, artist Brian Bolland returns. Ooh. And we have our letters by Tom Frame. So, PK, let's take a look at what we got. Because, oh boy. Now, in the in the previous year, there's a next coming The Forever Crimes. Yes. So, um, um, it seems, again, they have the different font. Yep, it's the strange Judge Dread font, almost kind of like an like, like a, a stamp or like a, a stamp. Or I was thinking of like uh, when you see like neon like neon words, lighting, like yeah, neon lighting. It looks like a, like an outline of a neon lighting, um, because you have like the connected tubes that go in the yeah. all, all on the inside. Um, I'm gonna read for the narration. Let's go for this then. Actually, you know what? You do the la the narration. My apologies. Okay. Go for that. All right. In the year 2101, there will still be diseases that science cannot cure. But for some, the very rich. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There will be a way to defeat death. A way to spend the last few hours... Ooh, to spend the last few hours of life into centuries. And we have a uh, the silhouette of Judge Dredd facing away from us towards what looks to be like a casket that comes out of a wall. Mm -hmm. Like a morgue drawer. Uh, in front of it, or behind it rather from our perspective... Is a young woman wearing fishnet stockings and a bow tie and a little tiny hat with a vest. Oh, she's like a saleswoman or something. Something. And uh, there's a gentleman balding uh, top. He looks he's like a mortician. Mortician. Very much like a mortician. Uh, he's got the little half-moon spectacles, bow tie, hands folded in front of him. Uh, um, a corsage on his pocket. Yep. And in the background, another young uh, buxom woman with fishnet stockings, same getup as the first lady, is assisting a couple... It looks like a, a man and a woman who are weeping over top of, like, a casket that comes out of the opposite side of the wall. So, so yeah, I see we have, like, a grieving couple, uh, a mortician, and some magician's assistants. <laughs> For some fucking reason. Magician's assistants. Guess what, your uncle? 
No, he's still alive. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! Um, the young woman says, Stopping the suspended animation process, Dr. Gold. To and which Dr. Gold, the old man, responds, Bring her up to minimum life temperature, nurse. Oh, she's like in cold storage. There we go. Oh, we're in a morgue-like place. So a funeral morgue. So Judge Red and the woman are looking at this Dr. Gold, the old man with the half-moon spectacles, very long... Long, long face. Yeah, drope. Yeah, yeah dour. Very bored. Uh, and he mm-hmm. says to the two, "Oh my God, Dredge face there." Yeah, that fucking scowl. Little pouty chin. He's as tired as this guy as you are. Go for it. Uh, Mrs. Driver only has two hours of total lifetime. I can't let you use up more than three minutes, Judge Dredd. A glimmer of life flickered in the woman's eyes, and now we have Judge Dredd looking down at these caskets that are open-topped, and in fact, there is a very old woman there, mm-hmm. arms crossed across her chest. Um, she looks to be in her, like, late 80s, maybe, um, and she perks up. Her, her eyes do not open, though. She no, just, yeah. She does come to life, though, yeah. and she says to Dredd, Judge Dredd, then it's over. My son has killed himself. To which Dredd says, You expected it? Then perhaps you can tell me why he took his life. He's scowling every panel. And now we have a cool shot from the woman's perspective up at Judge Dredd, and it's it's all just silhouette beneath the the helmet, yeah. just nothing there. Um, and she says to him, "Blackmail, Judge Dredd. My son was being blackmailed by a man who seemed to know every one of our sordid family scandals. Jorgen Monks <laughs> is the man's name." My son always met him in a place called Riker's Shuggy Hall. <laughs> Almost made it. Shuggy got me. <laughs> Riker's Shuggy Hall. That's all I know. Put, so put a pin in that. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll, I'll put a pin in Riker's Shuggy Hall. Uh, and uh, Dredd says to her, thanking her, Thank you, Mrs. Dreyfus. I'll let you get back into Sus Ann now. Suspended animation. Well done. And to which the old woman replies, her eyes barely open. No, my son is dead. There, there is no point. Please ask Dr. Gold to have me wheel to the departure lounge. So we... So the very elderly get, the very elderly and rich get put in suspended animation. They can live out life in, in... Very small increments. Yeah, they get to be... Fr- Okay, we're gonna talk to... about that. Don't know what the benefits are, really. Yeah. Keep collecting taxes or keep accruing interest on some shit. I don't know. Yeah. But now, PK, I need you to describe. Um, go. You read the, read the narration first, then describe the picture here. After leaving the Forever Towers for the. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't rush this shit now. I have to. I have to either not read ahead <laughs> yeah. or read ahead farther. No. Because every time I read, <laughs> I can. Okay. <clears throat> After leaving the Forever Towers home for the semi-dead, <laughs> Judge Dredd called on Rutgers, Rikers Shuggy Hall on the 2005, 2005th Street. So, PK, what do we got oh going on God. here? Oh, my God. There's a lot. There's the a Forever lot. Towers of the Semi-Dead yeah. and Rikers Shuggy Hall. Yep. These are names of places that we had to write and, down. And, but put the... Put a... a, the, a take a Take a knife. Take a big knife... And stab Shuggy Hall into the wall, because we're coming back to that one. God, if that's a real thing, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, tell tell them what's going on in this picture. Uh, So, we see you guys playing (laughs) Shuggy, (laughs) which is, they're all over a a rounded, a 
<laughs> Take your time. Really soak this in. There's a lot going on here. Okay. When I was a young man, mm-hmm. my I would go with my stepdad to these gaming places, you know, like they have now. Yeah. And they had a Warhammer 40,000 uh, table, yeah. Terrains. And that's what I'm looking at with all these different hills and... But <laughs> it's a billiards table with, like, a ball the size of a golf ball. Uh-huh. And, but it's all hilly, and there are holes on top of the hills. Yep. This is a game called Shuggy, and I want no part of it. <laughs> and the guys are using something They're akin like to pool, pool cues, cues, but they have, like, a wider, thicker end near the, uh, near the tip of the, of the pool cue. Like a silencer for a pool cue? <laughs> Silencer. That's a great idea. Okay, so, uh, but they're just—it's describe who we tall, got. But it's like who do we got in this room though? What are the guys? Um, fucking uh, this accountant. <laughs> yep. Uh, his, He's got the visor. Yeah, and his friend, the other accountant, with the pencil behind his ear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have RoboCop. I would describe that second guy as Ron Perlman. Oh, he is. Anyway, RoboCop the, is here. Because he's wearing his Hamill chain. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, Hannibal Chang. That's the name in Pacific Rim, right? Hannibal Chow. Oh, Ron Perlman. Yes, yes. I'm like, where where we go? What? Where do we jump to? But he's wearing those yes. T-shaped glasses. Those yeah. round He's pretty glasses. cool, dude. Uh, third well, guy. We have these, these crooks. It's just a, a dingy den of villainy, Yeah, you know? there's like two There's two accountants, a RoboCop, uh, Ron Perlman from Pacific Rim. Yep. Uh, there's a young black man in the background uh, with a popped collar and perfectly circular sunglasses he's wearing indoors. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. And in the background, coming out of the darkness, we can tell uh, just barely the Judge Dredd's entering along with uh, some other man who has like a trench coat and like a neckerchief on kind of thing. Um, so Dredd is saying, I'm told a man called Jurgen Monks hangs out here. To which the man he's walking into, walking up to says... Monks? Monks? Nah, i never heard of him. Let me remind you, Riker, lying to a judge is an offense. So, this is Riker of Riker's Shuggy Hall. This is Riker's Shuggy Hall. Yep. Um, this game looks stupid, by the way. So I need you to describe this next panel, because it's fantastic. Uh, okay. So we, uh, Judge Dredd looks across the room and points at a random man. Yep. It says, you there! While this guy looks like he just got caught farting. <laughs> he very much looks like a criminal caught with his pants down. Like, yeah, he's just... got, he has like, he looks like fucking Wormtail from Harry Potter 3. <gasps> yes. Okay, that, yeah, yeah. You know, like, right, right when he turns right back from a rat to a man. Yeah. He goes, he looks like that. He's got a big <laughs> like, weird oh. rat face. He's like looking over his shoulder towards Judge Dredd, who he has his back to, and just like, oh. Brian Bolland does great facial work. We know that. <laughs> Um, but he's like worried, and he, and he says, "Heck, Judge Dredd or Judge Dredd, heck!" <laughs> and the guy next to him has a line. How would you describe this guy's face? Fucking the smuggest face I've ever <laughs> it's seen. Just, it's that this look- guy looks like the guy who, like, imagine you have something you want, you have you want to get your revenge on really bad, mm-hmm. and like, and like he's wearing. He has, like, a green shirt on under a blue sweater. Uh-huh. And a man comes in the room and says, Man, I want to beat the crap out of someone who's ever wearing a green shirt. That guy looks like that, oppor- that opportunity that good just landed in his fucking lap. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> the, I would describe it as, you ever, like, told a person you're dating or married to, 
something, and you're like, this is going to happen if you do this, and they're like, no, it's not. Yeah, and, and then, then it happens, happens, and it's the look that you give them if they're to your side of just that... You know what you did. You, you're not. You don't want to he hear me say so it. So fucking smug. It's and a, self-satisfied. Brian Ballen has always done great faces, and this is just. You can tell so much about these men's characters through their faces. Yeah, I love this, it so much. And also, what he's saying, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. And the guy who's got the smug face says to yeah, this so guy, we're, the, we assume, Judge Dredd says, "You there?" Yeah. And Monk goes, "Heck, Judge Dredd!" And the guy with the fucking face goes, "Hey." Where you going? Comma. Implying a pause. Yeah. Monksy. <laughs> right in front of Judge Dredd. <laughs> right so in front of Judge So he's being a shit and he's he knows it. He's being the biggest asshole. It's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> you get so much like, story. Like, this guy wants revenge on Monk for some small slight. Some, some small. You know he's doing this on purpose. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's so much story in these faces. There's a there's a history here between these two characters. And it's, <laughs> it's all from the faces. I love it so it's much. so good. So Judge Dredd, we now have like a, a behind-the-back shot of him leaping over what a we assume is table. a shuggy table. Um, he's doing like the leap over it, and he's got his vlog of her out. Yeah. But Monksy is going through the bath through a door labeled Toilets. Toilet. Uh, he's run away. He's that looks like a pretty doughy gentleman. Yeah. So yeah, let's he's turn. A, he's a chubby fella, and, and Judge Judge's saying, "Stop in the name of the law." Um, PK, if you want to uh, read the narration here. Okay. All right. Actually, no, I'm doing it. Sorry. Dread followed monks into the washroom and found, and Judge Dredd's opening the door, silhouetted, <laughs> and this guy. Monk is halfway down like a laundry chute, <laughs> like his top half sticking out. <laughs> he's like kind of fat for it though. Yeah, he's like. Guts kind of stuck in it, and he says, <laughs> "Oh, okay. I can't remember what voice I gave him. Can to escape down this laundry chute? Heck, it's too tight. I'm stuck." And PK, can you describe this next uh, next image? Oh my God, Judge Dredd is is pulling him out by the collar, like the the back of his, like the nape, yeah, the yeah, back of his shirt, nape of his neck, kind of thing. And, <laughs> and uh, Dredd Trump is like trying really hard. He looks very pained. <laughs> you fool! That's no laundry chute. It's a garbage disposal. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Monksy is giving the appropriate reaction. <laughs> what the ah! The grinders have got my legs, pulling them. And then our next image is just Dredd holding the shirt that formerly held Monksy as it rips, and he goes it's down the garbage ah! disposal. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> I was not expecting any of this. I want to watch a movie where a bad guy is like running from the cops or running from someone. He just looks over at a wood chipper and just decides to just <laughs> dive, dive head first into it. And everyone else be like, holy fuck! Like, like spray of blood comes out the air. Yeah, just boom! <laughs> and like, I want every, like the bad guy, the good guy, just like. Oh my god! <laughs> he really didn't want to get caught. He didn't. He didn't like that speeding ticket. Holy shit! Like he couldn't afford fuck that. This shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, fuck this shit, I'm out. Through the window. Yeah. Um. But now Dread is holding a <laughs> tiny little book that he supposedly pulled out of Monksy's um his, jacket, possibly yeah. saying out loud, "Well, at least he left me his address." And That's um, it, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good call. Uh, PK, but he's like the whole little address book. You you would think that's the line. <laughs> oh, no. uh, keep going though. Give me this next. Uh, what's this next uh, image of? What's going on? It's a it's a bunch of uh, uh, cops, maybe. Oh, and some judges. Yep, they're judges. Be at a lab. 
Um, and they'll, they'll do forensics. They'll just at a lab or a crime scene. No, it's it's like a okay, it's like a file place because there's like all these file cabinets like and that boxes and shit. You know, yeah, lots of file cabinets, lots of paperwork. Um, and some guy is talking to another dude, yeah. and it says, "Wow, look at all these files. Monks must have been blackmailing half of Mega City One's top citizens." Oh, at Monk's apartment. That these are his blackmail files. Yep. Okay. And a gentleman oh, is speaking. This is even here in the in the uh, narration. Yep. After us, after arresting the Shuggy Hall owner. Uh huh. That's something I never thought of in Judge Dredd. Yeah. After arresting the Shuggy Hall owner, Dredd and a forensic team called at Monk's apartment. And then you have that, wow, look at all these, uh, you know, yeah. stuff from Top Citizens. And a guy is speaking to Judge Dredd. Uh, he looks like a 1970s kind of, like, reporter. With yeah. With the, the, the brush mustache, bushy mustache, and uh, the oiled up hair. He's saying to Judge Dredd, Justice, Justice Department is sure going to love these files. Guess that wraps this one up, Judge Dredd. I mean, you just got a, a shitload of information of, on like, blackmail material, probably. Yeah. People, you know, and it came crimes. into your hands legitimately. Yeah. You didn't have to blackmail him for this information. <laughs> and uh, Dredd has got his signature scowl on. God, he's been doing that a lot this episode. It doesn't make sense. Where would a small-time crumb like Monks get access to this kind of information? There's got to be someone behind him. Someone masterminding the whole operation. And so outside, Dredd contacted Mac, his base computer. And Dredd is on, like, the handheld walkie-talkie talking to Mac, who we uh, have heard of before. Yeah, they you know, talk about him at the Hall of Justice, don't they? What? What, do you, what is Mac? Do you remember? It, was it the briefing machine? It is It is the AI that the Justice Department has. Yep. Okay, yeah. I remember, th- I remember this thing before. I'll get to that. Put a pin in it. Okay. But Dredd is calling into the speaker... This one bothers me, Mac. Where would anyone get so much information on top citizens? With Meaty the Pig. That's right. When, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. I was going to ask that question later, too. Um, where Sorry. would anyone get so much information on top citizens? Run the names on the files through your circuits and see what you come up with. Dredd gunned his bike across town, and we have an awesome oh, uh, Max shot says of, something here. Oh, sorry. Go for uh Max says, go for it. Because he's spoken before, because like, he was talking to him before yeah. when he was chasing Judge Gibson. Yep. Wow, dude. Good memory. I know a lot about Judge Dredd. I miss this because we have a circle and it looks like a radio speaker box. Yeah, it's the standard like robot talking thing from the 1970s. Go for it. Uh, there's one thing, Judge Dredd, all the names in the files have a relative who is an inmate at the Forever Towers home for the semi-dead. Well done. Dredd gunned his bike across town and we have this oh, shot of God. Dredd... It's like coming towards us, but we also have next to that a panel of the Forever Towers just resting. God, that, uh, that, that building. The building is absolutely, how would you describe it? It's, it's shape, PK. Tombstone shape. It is absolutely it's a, a gigantic tombstone. tombstone. Um, with a wreath at the top of it. And we see <laughs> Dred's little bike pulling up outside. Forever Towers just resting. Just resting. Because no one's dead. They're all still alive. They're semi folks homes. It's just resting. Just resting. And uh, Dredd is pulling up in his little tiny bike outside. Uh, we can see how big this building is. And the road bisects the building, like, in half. Yeah. So, like, so it's an it's elevator like road. It's half below the building. Yeah, yeah, elevator road, and, and half of it is below the road, and half of it is above. Dredd is thinking out loud, of course, to us. Forever Towers, of course. It all fits. Only the rich can afford Dr. Gold's fees, and the rich have secrets that Gold can use to make another fortune. So, so he's, he 
freezes them, analyzes their memories, or something, and uses that information to blackmail them, as well as being paid for the for their services. Let's see. Doctor Dread is now standing and pounding his fist on the hotel receptionist desk, lady with a phone and like a notepad there, mm. and she's got like a maid uniform on. Oh my god! Where's Doctor Gold? In the operating theater, but you can't go in there. There's no place a judge can't go. That's the lie. Well done. That's also. There's no place a judge can't go. And also, you would think that'd be the lie. Oh no! There's more than that one, I think. Uh, but yeah, there's nowhere a judge can't go. Um, no, no. Keep that in mind. No, like you don't need a warrant or just anything. Just mar- a judge can march right in. Where it is dystopian future. Where PK recently, when the DA, the DNA man, Doctor uh, Milton Frankenstein, Frankenstein, he escaped from Mega City One, One into the cursed Earth, and he was just over the property line. He was like right over the yeah the the. And Judge Dredd couldn't go get him because he was like there <laughs> mocking him. Would you count that against this prog? A little that, bit. Because the DNA man was prog 115, and we are on prog 120 right now. It was five issues ago that they're like... And yeah, then, he had no jurisdiction. No judge can't go. Well, he could be using hyperbole. Anyway, judge Dredd. He's in a hurry. He's in a hurry. And speaking of being in a hurry... He's got this amazing, like, mouth-open snarl in yeah. this next uh, image. I love Brian Bond's faces. If you want to read the uh, narration, I'll read for Dread. Dread raced through the endless corridors of the <laughs> PK, you got to power through for this shit. You'll never make Dread it raced through the corridor. The... Dread raced through the endless corridors of the semi-dead. I have no time for those who use their money to stretch their last days out forever. A sickening travesty of life. But to use the semi-dead to blackmail the living in a ghoulish crime that deserves the severest punishment. So, he's upset about this, as you can tell. Okay. He's, um, yeah, he's mad at both parties, but there's a lesser of two evils here, I there guess. There is, I guess. Um, what is going on this next uh, panel here, PK? So, we're in the operating theater. Um, Dr. Gold is, is in a spacesuit. Yes. With like a with like a, a glass helmet on it. Yes. Like airtight, and he's wearing his little mortician's outfit under it. Mm-hmm. And there's a um an, an an elderly man laying there in like weird hospital stretchy yoga pants. Yeah. <laughs> a, um, and not the most in shape man. <laughs> no. Not filling this yoga pants looks, out very well. It looks like your typical grandpa. Yeah. At that moment inside the operating room. We have, uh, I think you were reading for Dr. Gold. Go, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the old man says, where, where am I? To which Dr. Gold uh, is thinking to himself. Better, what was his voice? It was very, you had him sounding very old. Better reduce the temperature. If he gets too warm, he might remember our little chat. And now Dr. Gold is <clears throat> leaning in close to the the man on the table. Scowling and a really good facial expression. Yeah, and his eyes are all sh- shadowed and stuff. Yeah. It looks really cool. His glasses are like down his nose. He says to uh, the gentleman laying down. Now, Mr. Armitage, I'm afraid our threats aren't working on your daughter. We need more information on her. To which the old man responds again, his eyes barely open. Mary has a second bank account under false name. Been cheating city tax for years. So he doesn't. He he doesn't inception them. He just like wakes them up and like they just kind of answer because he's like half awake. Like oh, uh, 
Yeah, the money's in yeah. under the under the mattress. Yeah, they just aren't co like cognizant of it, basically. But of course, Judge Dredd opens the door to the operating theater and calls out, "That's one piece of information you'll never use, Doctor." As as he responded, <laughs> his spacesuit. Yep. Judge Dredd. And now we can see that Doctor Gold's hand, gloved hand, is reaching for a button that says "gas power" on it. Go for it. Okay. He says, "Don't." Don't shoot. I'll come quietly. But now, PK, if you want to describe what's happening. Uh, he's shooting a, 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 a laser gun, a, a water cannon. <laughs> it could be literally anything. Well, the Future juice. <laughs> the narrations, he's like shooting him with uh, this weird Gatling gun. It looks like very much like a weird kind of medical device <laughs> and not a gun, actually. Yeah. And, but the narration says, a, a jet of liquid cryogenic ass shot out of the machine. Gas shot out of the machine. Cryogenic gas. Okay. So it is hitting Judge Dredd in the in the head and freezing instantly. His anti-dazzle visor is His... frozen. <laughs> it's not an anti-freezing visor. No, it's anti-dazzle. <laughs> and we have a really cool shot of uh, Judge Dredd like tucking and rolling in the air to the side. Yeah, it's a really cool action shot. Arms over his face, lawgiver in hand, as the freeze ray is like firing multiple times, like following him. Yeah, like why did they make this cryogenic dispenser uh, able to dispense so fast? <laughs> visors and frosted. so much. Visors frosted over. I can't see. Yeah, his helmet is frozen. And now he's like taking cover against the wall behind like a low hanging wall. He's got like rhyme on his uh, shoulder pads and stuff. Yeah, and he's like shivering. He's like holding his shoulders as just it's all his whole helmet is turned to ice. Yeah, go for uh, the. Dr. Gold, if you would. You're a blind man, Dredd. This is pure liquid nitrogen. Without special drugs, you can't survive a direct blast. Get them special. I want them special drugs. I don't know what those are, but I'll have them. Dredd is thinking to himself, and I'll freeze to death if I stay here much longer. So, Dredd gets up, and he has... He's, like, running, but he has uh, an arm over his head, and he's looking straight down because yeah. his visor is still completely frozen, right? Yeah. And he's firing uh, his lawgiver As off the, panel. the cryogenic dispenser fires more at him. Yep. You forget one thing. Judges don't need to see. But they can go anywhere. They can't they can go they anywhere. Just, they don't need to see where they're going. Yeah. Uh, but what's this next panel, PK? Uh, the next two panels are pretty fucking uh, <laughs> rough. Go for it. Uh, Dr. Gold's just standing there as this this bullet with a, not a straight bullet line, but like a curvy line behind it, heads straight for his head. Right? And he says, What the? A homing bullet? And then what happens next, PK? The bullet flies straight through his head. And because we can see it flying out the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can. It goes he, through his head. He headshot him. Yeah. Through his fucking glass dome and everything. And, uh... That's cool artwork. And here's why. It does... Again, it's the effect of showing violence without being... Overtly violent. Overtly, uh... Gory. Gory, yeah. Because yeah. the glass is breaking as he gets shot through the head. I mean, that bullet is coming directly for his, like, middle of his forehead, and we see it come out the back. We never see it enter or gore yeah. and come follow That's a anyway. neat fucking trick. Because we can see a bullet line that's got, like, speed lines kind of mm -hmm. just... But that's good fucking art. But you can tell that it's like going through the center of his head. Like yeah, you can both you can see, see it that. enter and exit. So but describe it's not gory. The, describe this next panel for me, PK. Uh, but Judge Dredd survived a headshot once, so. <laughs> this is true. He had a helmet on. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Doctor Gold is now <laughs> laying here, a little hurt, but not 
dead. How do you know, PK? Because he's know? speaking. Yeah, he's got a, a monologue. <laughs> As Judge Dredd like looks over him with his uh, partially frozen helmet. Yeah. Go for it. It was, it was too good a scheme to give up. I had to try to kill you. Fortunately, a brain wound like mine is still fatal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least you won't have the satisfaction of putting me in prison. That's where you're wrong, Doctor. He's gonna use his own technology against him. So look at this, though. Like we got—I made sure to confirm with you that bullet went through the center of his goddamn head, For, into the forehead, and out his back. Yeah, that's like, a high-powered gun. It's, it's leave, not like it should leave an exit wound the size of a baseball. It's not even glancing the opposite side, like on the on the far edge of the panel. We no, have established it's a direct forehead headshot. And he's monologuing. And he's mo he's alive. He's alive and monologuing. And he immediately he's knows. Like, oh, I'm gonna die from this adventure soon, but uh... you know. When you, when a per, I've seen people get shot through the head like me, and it never ends up working out. Like it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, Judge Dredd doesn't believe him. Yeah. I need you to read uh, this um, narration coming up, please. The in the cellars beneath the Justice Building, there was a department known as the Vaults. Here, a very special category of prisoner was kept. And we see Doctor Gold is in a, a nice suit, and he's in one of those basically kind of vertical. Morgue drawers, basically. Oh, and as he's being frozen with liquid nitrogen. Yep. And uh, Dredd has his only pose he's doing. Hands on hips. Hands on hips. Legs akimbo. Um, Dr. Gould didn't know we had our, our own suspended animation chamber. Someday science will learn to cure wounds like his. Then he'll be brought back to life to serve his full sentence. That's a lot of fucking work you're putting into these dead people. <laughs> and we see That's a lot of fucking resources, you guys. After the fucking drawer closes, we can read on it. It says Dr. James Julius Gold, number D7 or D17-01 sentence life. Sentence life. And Dredd is saying, even death is no escape from the law. And that's going to be the end of our prog. So that might be the line. Well done. Even, yeah. Well done. You've got them all this oh episode. Oh my god! As they are cryogenically freezing them and oh, putting yeah. them in the drawer. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a moment to go back over all this shit, okay? Yeah. I'm... So first thing first, by order of appearance or uh, via naming. Riker's Shuggy Hall. <laughs> yeah, you weren't ready for that, were you? No! A, a gambling hall, hall owned by a man called Riker. Uh, more about Shuggy coming in a minute. Uh, yeah, because we're going to have... I, I, I never thought... some kind of weird fictional game. If you had told me that I was podcasting, if you'd gone back and told 20-year-old me, 15-year-old me... 25-year-old me that I would be podcasting about Judge Dredd and having to go into the technical history of oh, what Shuggy is. It's a real thing? Hold, hold off on that. So, uh, second place we get to see. Forever Towers, home for the semi-dead. A large building in Mega City 1 dedicated to cryogenically freezing the wealthy so that they can stretch the last years of their life for possibly centuries more. That's so much resources! That's a lot of resources. That building was gigantic! If energy is free, then fucking sure, why not, you know? Um, but if it's not free... But if it's not free, why do they have robots that run on oil? 
That's a great question, PK. <laughs> why, do, why do they, ha if they're using all the oil for everything, why do they have mutants mining plutonium in Mutiland? What? What? How many? How many questions you want to keep bringing up? We can, we can go. We can go. Well, that's all goddamn day. Um, <laughs> we have the vaults beneath the cellars of Justice Building. There's they have cellars. Uh, is where the judges cryogenically store the lawbreakers whose lives can't be saved by current day medicine. They keep them alive to heal them later, so they can serve out their sentence of being alive forever. <laughs> the, Wait the, a minute. The idea that if a, if a person is sentenced to life and can never die. They're in prison for eternity. Yeah. Okay. The idea that even death isn't a way to escape the reach of the law is pretty fucking dark. This and is some fucking evil god it shit. It makes me think of like the modern day current student debt crisis of like, you die, well too bad, it now goes to your family kind yeah. of thing. Like, holy shit. You had a co-starter, right? Yeah. Oh god, it's still the worst. Um, <sighs> so characters we meet. Dr. James Julius Gold. A doctor in charge of reanimation at the Forever Towers, home for the semi-dead, reanimates and bla blackmails his patients to extort money from their loved ones and families. That's pretty fucked. Like, that's, that's said, pretty fucked. Yeah, that's pretty awful. When he said that he, he, he went through the memories, I thought it was like an, a dream analyzer or no, something. No, no, you're way, way more high-tech than you need to be. He just asks them. He just wakes, <laughs> he just wakes hey, them up and asks hey, them. Hey, I knew you just woke up, but... It's not, it's Judge Dreddy. It's not... It's yeah. Not. Wouldn't someone just say... I don't know. Go away. Why the hell are you bothering me? Or, or if it's like Walt Disney, he's gonna. Are the Jews dead are yet? The Jews gone? <laughs> no. There's a vampire in Witcher Three. The one you wake up, he goes. Yeah. Is it? Is it? You know? Is it? Is it twelve seventy six yet? No. Then fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. I love that. Okay. But if you wake up for a second time, he fights you. That, that's. I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Fun. Um, fuck off! <laughs> characters. We have Mrs. Dreyfus, mother of a man being extorted by Dr. Gold, stored at Forever Towers, and has only two hours of total time, of total lifetime left, and chooses to die after learning of her son's suicide. Wow. We have Jurgen Monks, Dr. Gold's enforcer who helped collect information and extort money from the wealthy. Yeah. Riker, the owner of a Shuggy Hall. Again, more on Shuggy coming soon. I have to know about Shuggy. Uh, Mr. Armitage, a gentleman stored at Forever Towers, father of Mary Armitage. We have Mary Armitage, daughter of Mr. Armitage, has a second bank account under a false name where she funnels all the money she has earned, cheating by ta her city for taxes for years. Okay. So... Items and technology of note. We gotta bring some stuff up. I am so proud of you for not only remembering what Mac was, but the last time it showed up. We have Mac, the Justice Department's supercomputer intelligence that stores all the judges' accumulated records. Last seen in Prog number 34, where really? Judge... Where Judge Dre... <laughs> wow! I was thinking drink of water. I forgot it was... That's been over... Not over 100. Close to her. 120 and it was 34. So wow. it's pretty close. Like 90-ish. Uh, so, the la last scene in Prog 34 where Judge Dredd used Mac to discover the identity of Beauty the Pig, a.k.a. Judge Gibson. By having him, by having him run a forensics analysis on, his on the way a judge holds, uh, shoots his lawgiver. Because there's only so many left-handed judges. Yeah. And there's only one possible suspect. Um, so it's a, it's a computer that can run uh, a gigantic amount of information. Yep. And it has all the judges' records in it, basically. Yeah. So here's the thing. Shuggy. Oh, God. Here we go. Shuggy 
looks to be a combination of billiards and golf. golf. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a table with hills and valleys with holes atop the crests of the hills. Uh, rules are completely unclear. I did. I looked up Shuggy. Oh no. I looked up Shuggy Hall. I started with Shuggy Hall, and I got a couple hits, and I quickly realized that no, Shuggy Shuggy Halls and Shuggy are not a thing. But something funnier though, I think, came up, okay. which is that um, so uh, there is a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this up. Something that kept coming up was a, a character called Shuggy. Um, okay. Because, hear me out. This is a minor spoiler. Who knows if we'll ever get to it. In the Judge Dread comic, published by 2000 AD, Shuggy Bear is a polar bear with artificially augmented human-level intelligence and the power of speech. Okay. A, a former experimental subject freed by the Dread Act, he now runs a Shuggy Hall, Shuggy being a 22nd century variant of billiards, and is associate and is an associate of Lenny Zero and Max Normal. No! It is in, this was printed in 1991. <laughs> we have we have like eleven years of comics to go through, and Max Normal appears in 1991. Max Normal is hundreds, if not a thousand, progs ahead of us still. Oh still my around. god! And Shuggy Bear is effectively like a polar bear that plays that plays cool. billiards. Yeah, what the fuck? Can you believe that shit? I have figured by 1991 that George Dredd would have Judge Dredd, George Dredd, Judge Dredd would have gotten <laughs> more. Or less <laughs> what I think of it. Yeah. I guess it hasn't by I mean, 1991. There's still so much weird shit going on. Um, Shuggy Hall. Also, what came up was a thing Max. called Shuggy Hall Brawl, which was a one-on-one -on -one fight game in a Shuggy Hall in the world of Judge Dredd. A Shuggy Hall is a futuristic amusement arcade as described in the comic 2000 AD. Mm -hmm. Players are various characters all trying to be top dog in the fight. Players choose actions, hit someone very hard, throw a glass of beer at someone, that sort of thing. Dice decide how successful you were in your choice, and if successful, the effect it has on the recipient. This game, this kind of like paper board game... It's was, like a tabletop bar brawl. Yeah, was included in the uh, episode of Warlock, issue 11, August slash September 1986. So, there was a... Like an in-house board game called Shuggy Hall Brawl, where you fought in a Shuggy Hall, a brawl that involved like dice, and you'd cut the page out. It had like the the Shuggy yeah. Hall on it, and you could play a little, nice little tabletop game. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I decided to throw a beer in his face, roll a d6. It is. This came out in 1986, so that's seven years from now. Shuggy is still a thing, and they made a little game based off of it. Can you believe this shit? This is. Fucking nuts, dude. Can you imagine? Like, I can't believe this is a thing, right? Yeah. I I was just like, I, I just went down this hole of it. I'm like, there's no way that they care this much. But they clearly, they clearly care this do. much. They, this is a labor of love for them. Pro, pro, I, props on you guys for like, because I've read, <sighs> I will put a pin in it. I can't talk about it yet. We'll talk about it when I get to the continuity errors in the next uh, okay. uh, prog. 
just every 2008 AD writer is a fucking hero. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, this is also absolutely, I'm going to put my, I bet my life on this, absolutely the first time that Dread has used a hot shot or any type of special ammo without calling out what he was going to shoot first. Oh, you're right. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't say hot shot, <laughs> like, heat seeker, yeah. no. double whammy. Double whammy. Um, yeah, nothing oh, like yeah. that. And then they even better by the, by the gun saying it back. Yeah, I love, that was the best part about yeah, it. Yeah, double whammy. Double whammy. Uh, um, high X. Does it have two barrels? No, it was a it was a bullet. The double whammy shot. Oh yeah, it just shot and forked a bullet basically and shot guys. Okay. Um. Okay. Last thing. Uh, not last thing. Sorry. Terrible slang. Made up words. Judge Dread one-liners. Sus and a really weird, like, abbreviation of suspended animation. But you know what it does. I know what it does. Joke. But it's like, it doesn't roll very well. No, it does not. It's very... Um, just it's cryo. Cryo. I'll let you get back to your cryo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not that? That's like the same... Like it's Cold sleep, cryo sleep. Whatever. Any, You're not saying... has too many glottal stops. Yeah. But well done. Good use of glottal stops. Um, also, I love the line, There's no place a judge can't go. <laughs> As he um, marches it. <laughs> just like... Judge Dreddy's in the bathroom. There's no place the Dread Dread can't go. <laughs> um, no, I'll go. No. You can't um, bother him right now. He's seeing his mother. This this is a woman's only club, Judge. Red. I go where the law has. Um, <laughs> I would not be surprised if that's an actual judge tenant. There's no place a judge can't go. That'd be pretty funny. Um, even even in death, there's no escape from the law. It's like, dude, pretty dark. That. But my. My fa I do love the one that you noticed, which is the when fucking Monks gets pulled into the the grinding. Well, at least he left me his address. Like, <laughs> that's great dark humor. That's pretty dark humor, Judge Dredd. Like you at least know, he left me his like uh, you or I would have PTSD the rest of our lives if He's we like, saw a man get grinded <laughs> up in a garbage disposal. Instead yeah. of just turning to the camera and making a really pithy one-liner, <laughs> looks like he fell to pieces on me. <laughs> like shit, like that. Like garbage Jesus, garbage does. <laughs> Oh, he's suffering from split body disorder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I had to take out the trash. <laughs> let's keep going. Let's go. No, no. <laughs> no the rest stop. of the podcast is just us <laughs> making pithy one-liners. I want to do that one time. If you can make a pithy one-liner in D&D, you got to auto-crit. Oh, like yeah. We talked about that. Or advantage well. on it, yeah. Um, <laughs> world building. So right off the bat, uh, the narration has let us know that despite having hyper-technology... Science of the 22nd century can't solve every problem. There are some diseases that it cannot cure. There are still diseases that are uncurable. Though, like being old. Though what these are kind of remain a mystery, it seems. Right. Um, I find this pretty surprising information considering we've seen such crazy sci-fi level tech. So, uh, such as instant genetic surgery in Prog 3, the new you. Yeah. Prog 52, the face change crimes. Um, which could make people like... Oh, and then the transplant surgery from Prague 6, Frankenstein yeah. 2. Yeah, living forever you is, could a, literally, is a possibility. You could literally be functionally immortal, and that's subsequently banned, of course. But living but like, forever is outlawed for citizens, but encouraged for lawbreakers, because they have to, they want to keep them alive. Yeah. To bring the... I don't get the logic they, here. As it's a society, very... they shouldn't want their criminals to live forever. <laughs> it's like, and you know, we got to preserve... And they're... Good citizens it's to die. It's the criminals we gotta keep alive. They gotta serve for life, which means they live forever. Which is really, honestly, it's a really bad punishment. It's, it's a, it's it sucks as a punishment. It like, does. It's, it's terrible. terrible. You'd want to die at some point in time. But the fact that like people who would probably want to live forever 
No, they you're can't. Die. Not no. unless they break the law, like trying to live forever. <laughs> like, what? what? Just dread. What? <laughs> they can't. We have to say yes. That's a big thing. We have to say that they can do it. That's the important part. That's the important thing. It's all about permission. Um... So yeah, we've seen some crazy stuff in this comic up to this point, so I'm very surprised to hear that science hasn't found a cure for almost every disease by this point. Well, but here, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Go for it. Now, it seems like everyone at the, uh, at the what's it called, the something, the nearly dead... Uh, uh, Forever Homes. Forever Homes. Forever Towers. Forever Towers. Yeah. They also seem to have an older generation. They do. What if all these people were people who had suffered during the germ war, and these are diseases they can't cure because they're so fucking terrible from, like... Wow, that's a that's a that would be a good idea if they could. If they I included mean, that. if they're this old, it's current. Well, the bombs uh, were launched in nineteen or uh, two thousand seventy. Mm-hmm. It's two thousand one hundred one, so it's about thirty one years ago in in continuity. Uh, these people would have survived the atomic fallout. Yeah, what if this is a generation of people they they can't cure because of radiation or or the the they mentioned a germ war at one yeah. point one time and it was for the fucking tutti frutti virus yeah so leftover from the germ wars yeah i well, which again we've heard that would be some cool world building yeah. if they decided to make it that way that'd be but cool are they going to no i don't think so but i mean well it leaves a possibility for us to make that if you had idea. asked me andy do you think that uh Max Normal is going to be around ever again. I'd have said, no, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. I don't think I'll ever see, I'll think, I'll think I'll ever see it like, again. They would push this to the side and be like, that didn't happen. That was like, that was a really good shit. Uh, another thing, world building. Dr. Gold mentions that Mrs. Dreyfus <clears throat> only has three uh, two hours of total lifetime left at the beginning of the prog. Yes. Which means she can only be frozen, survive frozen for two more hours? Think about more of the how. Think about how instead of... While this is a throwaway line... Aren't they all? <laughs> it has some serious implications on the level of current technology in Mega City One. How can they tell how much time a person has left they before death? They know exactly how much time a person down to the room. minute. Yeah, like I can only allow you two minutes of talking to her. Or something yeah, three like that. minutes talking to her out of two hours. So how, they can they like look at you? They can analyze you and be like, you yeah. will die in three hours. They have they have they can diagnostic diagnostic so well. What? What happens if you use this on a perfectly healthy person at young age? Maybe there's like a up, up on there, like if there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's like you know, X X X yeah. years. When would you die of old age? <clears throat> Maybe it can't predict it that well. It'll just say years or unknown. They are down to hours though. Yeah, they're down to minutes. They're down to minutes, dude. What like could yeah, anyone they know how much longer they have? What's that movie? Everyone has like how much time they have left. Oh, is arm. it timer? It might be timer. Timer or something like that. Dude, what if they can just do that shit? I'd like. What if you? Ha- yeah, yeah. How like if you if you sure just had like sixty-seven some odd years? You're like, fuck it. I'll eat this pancake or whatever. Like yeah. I don't care. Like I got. You just watch like the days go by. Every time you go to McDonald's, your days just drop, drop off a yeah. cliff. <laughs> yeah, because it would have to readjust itself for how well you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, that's very interesting. You eat a Big Mac and like a month goes away. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh no! But you start you know dropping on a on a machine like it slows Numbers down. Going up a little Numbers bit. Going up a little bit. You, it's like you jog for like. An hour and you get like a minute back. You're like, yeah. oh, not worth it. <laughs> not worth Big Mac. I'll fucking just hit. I'll just be fat and happy instead. Um, <laughs> death count. We have this. You, uh, Jurgen monks, <laughs> killed by his own stupidity, jumped into what he thought was a laundry chute in a public bathroom 
in a shuggy hall that he obviously spends lots, lots of, of time, time at, in. only to discover that it's not a laundry chute but a garbage disposal when the grinders caught his legs and pulled him pulled in. Pulled him down and ground him up. My only surprise is that he had happened to live this long in life. That he, he survived. Seemed... Like, I'm gonna jump down this fucking laundry chute <laughs> in the shuggy hall. It's like, it's like, it's like, he runs from the George Costanza line from Seinfeld. I am a short, stocky, bald man with a little to slow wit. Wow, no, I've never watched, uh... Yeah, he just got to describe himself. That's harsh. Oh, yeah, George Costanza <laughs> hates himself. It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I can get Who that. like a short, stocky, bald man with, <laughs> with a little to no, no wit. wit? That's good shit. Uh, so, that kind of covers Prog 120, The Forever Crimes. Do you have anything else you want to go over for this, or mention on this? One PK. Nope, I'm good. I just gotta. It's there's just they, a lot. If you commit a crime, you have to live. For, a crime <laughs> so heinous that you're sentenced to life. But if you try to live forever, you get imprisoned to probably live, live forever. forever. <laughs> it's like it's such circular and roundabout ways of thinking. That's like getting arrested for robbery. So the punishment is to break in. They 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 like put you at gunpoint and they tell you to break into another store. To, like, learn your lesson and to steal more shit. Like, what? It's weird. Like, it's a weird way of looking at things. Oh, man. That doesn't work. Oh, God. Never mind. I just had the worst thought in my life. I thought of, like, what if all crimes were just... You get sentenced to do the thing you were already doing. And I'm like, man. Oh, no. Yeah. You know where my mind went immediately, right? Yeah, like, Oh, man. Whew. Jared would be probably happier than where he is yeah. now. That's rough. That is rough. Um, oh no! Let's you not, got me. Let's uh, let's never talk about this again, shall we? I'm just thinking. After the way, the weird way the judge system works with, oh, you did, you did a crime, you live forever, to suffer forever. Yeah. I think I think I'm starting to think Judge Death is right. <laughs> Kill is everyone. You know what? You guys don't have that great a quality of life anyways. I think he's got the. I'm starting to see where his ideas are coming you from know, now. He, he's a straight shooter. That's what we like about it. He tells it to <laughs> he you like it, it like it is. He tells it like it is. He's a guy you can get a beer with. You know? I want to kill everyone! Well, you can't say he's on the fence. You know? He's <laughs> just straightforward about it. Oh, um, my so, God. So, PK, let's go into... Don't compare Trump to Judge Death. That, I like Judge Death. Yeah, Judge Death is a lot more likable. A lot more character, I think. <laughs> I think more, less evil. More dis I mean... So far, he doesn't. He's not a lying con man. Yeah, you know, a Judge Death doesn't lie. No, he, 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 he just tells like it is. You know? we, we're all assuming this, of course, because we have not. Yeah, we don't all. actually know much about Judge Death. Yeah, we don't know anything about Judge Death for uh, yet. So, this prog, prog 121, a tale from Walter's scrapbook, part two. Hell yeah! This is the first time we've had like a part one, part two with a with, with a, a break between. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, this. Prague came out July 14th, 1979. Script is by John Howard. Wagner. Artist is Ron Smith. And letters by Tom Frame. PK, I'm going to need you to read the narration and describe the opening panel. Well, the, the text is back. Yep. For first thing. Oh, we got the regular font back. Yes. Yeah. Go um, for it. <laughs> and we just... Uh, the narration... Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the first panel is... Uh, <laughs> Judge Dredd in a gunfight with several apes in in three-piece suits and fedoras. With Tommy guns. With Tommy guns. Uh, it's the ape mafia. It's the ape mob. We've seen these characters before. The ape gang. Yep. Uh, Remember I told you to put a pin in it? We're back. So we see like a newspaper clipping of that, mm -hmm. which would be a really good shot. How did the photographer get that shot? Yeah, Dredd's shooting towards the camera. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. 
and it's, it's very obviously a, a newspaper page, uh, like front page material, yep. framed and everything, and we can see some narration that says, every Monday, Judge Dredd's robo-servant, Walter, pays a visit to the local hyper-laundry. We're back at the hyper-laundry. Yep. <laughs> Often, Walter uh, takes along his scrapbook, and makes it, it for it makes him proud to be known as the robo-servant of Mega City One's top lawman. Um, and beneath the photograph on the, the newspaper clipping, it says, No monkeying around. Dread crushes ape gang. Um, and this is Walter speaking from off that's panel. That's a Pulitzer Prize winning shot. That's a, that's a, that's a... That's good photojournalism. Is, it, is Pulitzer journalism as well? Like, like, photo taking? Or is it, um... I think there's, I think there's a photojournalism segment of Pulitzer. I thought Pulitzer, Pulitzer was only writing. Go for it, it anyways. It might just be writing. It might just be articles. But I thought that was a photo. I don't know. Anyway. I never won one. Yeah, same. We'll, for any we'll, category. We'll let you know, listeners, once we win our Pulitzer. <laughs> for, for, for doing whatever we're going to do. Maybe the, stacking the most cans in an hour. I don't know. You could win a Pulitzer for that. I think that's a Guinness Book of World Records. Nah, you could win a Pulitzer for, I don't okay, know what okay. the Pulitzer's awarded for. It's true. It's for world peace. Anyway. <laughs> um, a Walter we have is speaking from off-panel. This is a photograph of Judge Dwed battling with the notorious ape gang. He brought them all to justice, of course. My master always gets his law breaker. And now we have uh, not the exact same robots from last time, but it looks like very similar robots. Uh, and we're <clears> looking <throat> over uh, Walter's shoulder as he is holding open the scrapbook with the exact same drawing to miniature version on it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And the other robots are saying to Walter, Gee, Walt, Judge Dredd is so perfect. He seems more like one of us machines than a human. Another one says, doesn't he ever make a mistake? Isn't he ever wrong? To which Walter replies, A judge can't afford to make mistakes. Their lives are too dangerous. But yes, <laughs> Walter can remember one time Judge Wed was wrong. And now the camera kind of moves down. <laughs> wow, that was a quick 180 trip, yeah. Walter. They don't make mistakes, but this one time. But, yeah. Yeah. Now the camera like moves down also, amongst the I look crowd. This is another time comparing Judge Dredd to a robot. Well done. They're, that's going to get brought up, oh, and it, not man. only that, it's brought up by robots. Robots are uh, here are, are saying he's like Which a machine. Which happens every time we bring up uh, robots in the Judge Dredd comic book. They compare Judge Dredd to a robot, and even the robots are doing it. That's yeah. pretty impressive. So um, Walter has got his finger lifted up in the air like he's like teaching the school kids all the other. Uh, he's no, he's pointing at a oh, um, a poster on the wall, and it says, "Warning: Robots leaking oil will be banned." And he is telling the group, "Go for it." It's a sad story, a tragedy. But you must promise not to cry. You know what the one, the laundry manager said about robots messing the floor. Ah, don't for, worry about the manager. He's full of wind. Go on, tell us the story. So yeah, cr they, they all cry oil apparently. Remember? Yeah, uh, Walter secretes oil when he's nervous. And uh, he's cried oil. And remember that robot that got thrown in the fire and they like taught, there's like crying real tears. That's right. Because they taught it to feel pain. <laughs> they taught it to feel pain and remorse <laughs> and feel pain and they made, made it able to cry. And you brought the point that they would have to fill its tear ducts with water in order to get it to cry. <laughs> um, they remind you of the, 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 the Onion video about girl learn sign language soon, soon diagnosed with de depression. And anxiety afterwards. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's good shit. 
So, um, Walter now is clasping both of his, like, robotic hands in front of him as he, like, looks up into the middle distance kind of thing as he says to the, uh, to the group, It happened one dark night. Maybe a year ago. And now we have a tiny little Walter. Do Walter's hands and arms look different, or is it me? It is you. We actually discussed this recently. We talked about it. Yeah. The hands look different. But no, it is. He has always had. They're not clampers. They're not clampers. Um, We have a tiny little Walter in the upper left-hand corner. I see him there. And he's got, like, a little thought bubble in it. You can tell now that the we are, like, in his memory, right? And there are two gentlemen wearing ski masks with uh, duffel bags that are coming out of a window, it looks like. Uh, so they're like cat burglars. Or yeah. Like... They're coming out of a window, out of an apartment they've probably robbed, or a home they've probably robbed. Yeah. And they are pointing and gesturing to, uh, in the distance down below, a judge calling out to them. Go for the... Uh, I'll, I'll go for the, the judge. Yeah. I'm Judge... Uh, I'm Judge Dredd. One false move and I'll blast you lawbreakers full of holes. And one guy points and yells, Heck, the law! And then uh, they both get down and they're with this guy, but now they seem to be rather big in comparison to the oh, person. Oh, oh! Hey, wait a minute. This one's kind of small for a judge. <laughs> Go for and it. what's that badge say? Dread Jr.? I'm warning you, keep back or I'll blast you! As the kid fires a squirt gun into the face of one of the gentlemen. <laughs> He's just a little squirt with a squirt gun! And the guy just cut, like blasts what? him across the face. Um, so this is a child just dressed up as Judge Dredd Jr. He got fucking punched across the. He gets he cracked. Got, he got hit like a man. Though. He got a balow as it like hits him in the face. Um, yeah, he's he was a kid, but I'll treat. I will fight you if you wear. I will fight you like a man. I'll, I'll beat the shit out. It's it's the uh, always sunny in Philadelphia when they beat oh, yeah. the shit out of those kids. Those kids. That's good shit. Um, the guy who was punching him was saying, though, uh, you had him. Go for it. You nearly scared the pants off of me, kid. I'm gonna teach you a lesson you won't forget. Balow! (laughs) Balow, as he cracks him across the chin. Um, now this is, uh, Walter monologuing again. Judge Dredd was on a Wu-Tin patrol when he heard whimpering coming from, from the alley. And Judge Dredd is like, off his lawmaster, and he's like, kneeling and like, you know, cradling the young boy in his arms. A boy dressed up in a toy judge, ju- toy store judge outfit. It can only be little Ralphie. He's been beaten up. Better get him to the hospital. So, apparently, this isn't Ralphie's first time doing yeah, this shit, right? Yeah, he's done this before. He's like, a, he's like the, the, the kid who dresses up like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Matthew Mercer. Yeah. That's great. I love you, Matthew Mercer. If you ever hear this, we'll be on my hero. shows. Oh, oh my god. Let me be on the critical role. <laughs> um, Can't be a critical role. Um, so we have more narration here as Dredd is looking in profile over young Ralphie who's sitting up in bed with a hospital droid like wrapping yeah, his head. putting gauze on his head. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> in the hospital, the young rascal soon recovered. You've been warned time and time again that impersonating a judge is a serious offense. Why do you keep doing it, Ralphie? I, oh, you're Ralphie. Oh, well, you can be him. Go okay. for it. You were Ralphie when he was Judge Dredd. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, sir. Something gets into me and I just can't help myself. So yeah, he just has impulses. And now we have like a close-up <laughs> uh, Home Alone pose. He's got a real good Home Alone pose going over here on the left. He's young enough. Can he just join the academy? That's an interesting point. Let's see what happens. Oh uh, he God. says as he's got. I just his... saw the building. <laughs> Keep going. 
Don't look ahead, Daniel. <clears throat> it's hard. <laughs> Just use the fucking note card you're I gave right, you. You're bastard. right. I should be using this note card. All right. Okay. I want to be like you, Judge Dredd. I want to be strong, and then, then, then it won't matter if nobody cares for me. I won't need nobody. I'll be an island. No man is an island. <laughs> and uh, we have more narration by Walter here. Wealthy was an orphan. His aunt and uncle were called to the hospital. PK, I need you to describe this panel real quick. Oh my god. <laughs> Who is this fucking Humpty Dumpty? The fucking... Go for it. That, the Dan DeVito from Matilda shows up. Well done. <laughs> looking uh, looking a little more... Uh, robust. Robust, more, a little more Monopoly Man-esque. Yeah, big he's got cigar. this big spotted bow tie, a big cigar. Um, two cigars in his pocket, his front shirt pocket. Yep, uh, striped pants. Yeah. These um, fucking balding little comb over. A little like, like a chain of jewels. Yeah, on I, his surcoat. I think he's got like a yeah, like a chain going across his surcoat, and, and it's gaudy with all these jewels on it. His wife is wearing a fur coat, and she's doing her lipstick in like a little pocket mirror. Uh, Judge Dredd is saying to them, "This is the sixth time your nephew has been arrested. Unless you can give me guarantees about Ralphie's behavior, I'll have to take him into city care." To which the very portly. Cigar-smoking da- uh, uncle replies, Take him! We've had enough of him! I just wish we'd never agreed to look after him when his parents were killed in that monorail crash! And now we have a close-up on the two of them, and uh, the wife is very angular, su- mid-suburban it's housewife. Uncle Vernon and Petunia from Harry Potter. Oh, that's a great comparison. Only Uncle Vernon in that movie had better hair than this. Yeah, Uncle does. Vernon was like somewhat redeemable. This man is bald. It's Anne Petunia and fucking Dane DeVito from Matilda. <laughs> this man is bald except for a very tiny, tiny. He has like one little wisp of hair. Uh, Homer Simpson hair. The Ooh. wife is saying, "Yes, we never wanted him, but we felt it was our duty. Quite frankly, I've never liked the boy." Oh, they are, they are in Petunia. <laughs> Go for a... Uh... Ah, we gave him everything. Everything! And what things did we ever get from the ungrateful brat? Eh, nothing but trouble! And Dredd has got his own little pop-out head here with it just, just snarling oh in his teeth. Oh my god, he's so upset. You might have tried giving a li- a him a little love. I'm told it works wonders. So, yeah, Dredd is like, you know, feeling it now. Yeah. And I'll need you to read for Walter... <sighs> Judge Dredd called for Walfie the next morning. Uh, okay, the kid's name is Walfie. Yep. Called for Walfie the next morning. That was when he made one of his were-wong decisions. And what is going on in this panel, PK? Um, it looks like he has... We see the Academy of Law. Yep. Which I had mentioned earlier. Uh, just there. Uh, and Judge Dredd is driving to it with Ralphie on the back of his bike. Yep. And Ralphie is saying... This isn't the way to the orphanage, sir. We're not going to the orphanage, boy. I'm taking you to the Academy of Law. And we have uh, Walter again. Uh, oh, I like this continuity. <laughs> yes. And so the panel shows Judge Griffin, mm-hmm. uh, Tudor Griffin. Well done. And uh, Judge Tudor, Tudor Judge, Just whatever. Tudor Griffin. And Judge Dredd, uh, and, and it says, at that time, Judge Griffin was the principal of the Academy. So because this yeah. was before the day the law died. Well done, writers. Well done. I appreciate that shit, and I'm gonna bring it up again later. Judge Griffin is saying to Judge Dredd, "I'm very reluctant to admit the boy, Judge Dredd. Cadet judges start at five years old. 
Too old for the training. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. I was like, he's going to quote fucking Yoda. I know it. I know it. I know it. It's <laughs> so fucking predictable, dude. Dude, it's the, but it's like the only thing in like, it's the most prevalent thing in our modern culture of sci-fi that is completely this. It's so this. Go for uh, it. Uh, okay, okay. I'm very reluctant to admit the boy, Judge Dredd. Cadet Judges started at five years old. Ralphie is way past the limit. I love the fact that you you were able, because the, the voice you chose for Griffin, it was so already similar to Yoda. I get just transition the transition. And you would, if you if you hadn't said it, I, oh my god, it's so funny to me. It's exactly, if everything happened the way you predicted it. It was it? so, I, it was so, like on the line, on the period, you went right into, too old for the training, no, much too old. Um, <laughs> Dredd, Judge Dredd is behind Judge Griffin, talking over his shoulder, and we can see far behind the two of them, Ralphie's like waiting in the wings. Yeah. I'm asking it as a favor, Principal. I've got faith in Ralphie. He's had a lot of hard breaks, and he deserves a chance. So now Ralphie is like, like groveling, holding on to Judge yeah. Dredd's leg, yeah, on like, his knees, yeah, like his arms wrapped like, around his leg. Like, don't leave me. As and Judge Griffin is walking away down the hall now. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you, Judge Dredd. Thank you so much. That's enough, boy. Stand to attention. And now Ralphie snaps up and uh, straight up. In a perfect fucking uh, attention Mi position. Military dude. pose. You're not a child anymore, Ralphie. You're a cadet judge. You're gonna have to work hard to make up for lost time. I'm counting on you, boy. Uh, I'm waiting to see how this went wrong. What's the kid say? Uh, I won't let you down, sir. So like, was the kid gonna turn to be another crooked judge? Well, let's find or, out. I need you to read. Is he like Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, uh, what's the movie with Vincent D'Onofrio goes ape shit in boot camp and kills a bunch of people? Oh, isn't it Full Metal Jacket? Full Metal. Oh, I was thinking of uh, um, what's the One Bad Day? I can't think of what it's called. Falling down. Falling down. That the, was it. the guy who yeah. just has one. Yeah, like the nice the sixty suburban dad with the glasses brings goes a, insane. Brings an Uzi to a fast food restaurant. And goes nuts. Yeah, I remember that movie. So, I need you <clears throat> to read the narration here. Describe what's going on and read a lot because I have to fill up my drink. Okay. Okay. So okay. Go okay. for it. There's so, a lot there. To 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 to, to give what happen, is happening in the panel, we see uh, these letters. Uh, they're all signed from Cadet Judge Bryce to Judge Dredd. Um, and some narration that says, Over the next month, Wealthy wrote many letters. Judge Dredd was pleased with his progress. And uh, the first letter says, From Cadet Judge Bryce to Dear Judge Dredd, Today I had my head shaved. <laughs> Today I had my head shaved. And I was fitted for a cadet novice uniform. I promise to work and work. I'm... You know, trails off. Yep. I can't read the whole letter. Um, from Cadet Judge Bryce. Dear Judge Dredd, this work is much harder now once... And you get expelled if you you score under 80% on an exam. Judge Tudor Pepper... <laughs> says I'm a natural. Well but done. Judge Pepper... Tudor Pepper. <laughs> All right. Uh, one cadet got killed yesterday. Another cadet... Got expelled for crying. <laughs> Keep going. Whoa! <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> One cadet got killed yesterday. Another cadet got expelled for crying about it. He was his brother. <laughs> Rules are very special. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so not only, dude, that's a terrible day for you. You, 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 your brother died and you're expelled. No crying. 
Okay, I gotta write this down because I forgot to write it down. Unless, all right, I'm gonna put devil's advocate for a second. When it's a mercy thing, like we don't want, we we can't have this guy be where his brother died. His mom only has two children. What if he dies during uh, the novice exams too? What if it's a mercy thing? It's probably not. I'm reading too much into it. Um, so that's pretty fucked up. Uh, oh my god. Now we have uh, more narration here. Go for it. Then one day, all Judge Dredd's hopes crumbled. We have a report coming out. Uh, Judge Dredd has uh, got his little handheld walkie-talkie with the coily wire going down to his bike. As over it comes the message. Judge Dredd, a message has just come from Cadet Ralph Bryce. He says there's a hijack taking place in Culver Alley. Ralphie! I thought Dredd was smiling for a second, which is something you never see. Yeah, he, he look, it looks like it, but, but he's, he's like yelling. Yelling, yelling. Ralphie! <laughs> Judge Dredd waste to the scene. And we have a young cadet judge. Oh, we assume to be Ralphie. How do we know yeah, this? He's wearing the white helmet that uh, non... Judge Giant originally wore. Yeah, because they wear white helmets, and then they get black helmet half badge, mm -hmm. and then black helmet full badge, and you're a full street judge. Well done. Well done. Actually, you know what? No, we saw we saw a giant with his half badge and white helmet. Okay, so you are wearing a uh, white helmet half badge, okay. Yeah. So it's white helmet half badge to full judge, full badge black helmet. Yep. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> Ralphie is pointing to an alleyway and he's saying to Judge Dredd. Well, this is older Ralphie now, so he doesn't sound like this. Ah, fuck it, he hates this. <laughs> I overheard the hijackers talking on my radio, sir, so I can't even investigate. They're still down that alley. Okay, let's take a look. And now, Ralphie and Dredd are like peering around a corner together, Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> looking as a bunch of uh, men are uh, getting people out of their vehicles and basically taking the vehicles at gunpoint down an alley. And uh, Dredd says, You're right, but why, you, why didn't you report this one to your tutors, Ralphie? You know it's forbidden for a cadet to leave the academy. Ah. Uh, I, I never thought, sir. I mean, this was important, wasn't it? So, Judge Dredd, being, uh, having all the subtlety of a brick, yeah. um, decides to just sprint at these guys and is firing. All right, you clowns, drop those shooters! Bam! Blah! As he, like, fires his lawgiver. Ralphie's wearing a half badge. Ralphie is absolutely wearing a half badge. That's well fucking cool. Well done. Good eye on the con- Dude, what did I say last, like, earlier? Yeah, you said the- the amount of continuity and references coming up is kind of insane, and I'm yeah. really thankful about it. Um, so, Judge Red is just running in there, firing his gun, hitting people, probably killing people, yeah. who have their arms up. They're surrendering and running. Their arms are up. Like, they've dropped their weapons. Stop running! Blam, blam, blam. <laughs> All the subtlety of American policing. Um, keep going for... Uh, no crook in the world can live with my master. <clears throat> what? <laughs> yep. No crook in the world can live with my master. He's a hero through and through. It's something Walter is, says a lot, I'm noticing. Yes. Uh, it's Judge Dredd. Run for it. As these guys run to what? A, a road liner. A road liner. Like from the day the law died. Well done. Yeah. Remember how it looked like a bullet? Yeah. How does this one look? Very bullet-like, but with a giant cargo thing on back. Yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> This is just setting them up and knocking them down, right? They know what the universe is, finally. Yeah, they're finally, like, referencing shit a lot. At least visually. <laughs> visually, yeah. Um, so, they're running for this roadliner bullet kind of vehicle that's a big kind of cargo vehicle. Yeah. Like a bus, almost. Um, and uh, we have more narration. As the roadliner warred towards them. Bam! 
back, Ralphie! As like, he just like throws <laughs> Ralphie into a wall. Yeah, well, he like presses up against the wall so they're not hit by the the giant fucking roadliner that swooshes by them. And uh, Judge Dredd, though, has a. Uh, well, I guess you have narration first, sorry. <laughs> Judge Dredd's <laughs> brain worked like grease lightning! And that's the line. Um, He's always talking about his super brain. Yeah. Judge Dredd, you can see from in the background, is firing and hitting the driver of the oh, lead vehicle. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's taking out the lead truck. There's going to be a pile up! As, like, as right on cue, oh. all the vehicles crash into each other looking blues, brothers. Yep, just bang and crump and people the scream. The roadliner with the... roadliner goes over. People falling out of vehicles runs, and yeah, shit. Yeah, the doom buggy looking like, things. This is like Mad Max level like destruction shit. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, the, and, yeah. As, as uh, more of Judge Vehicle Paddy... Oh, it's a Paddy Wagon. It says PW on it right there. Yes, it does. Uh... George show up, started arresting the survivors <laughs> of this massacre, and then car crash. Yep, yep. Hopefully, there's no one, no innocence in there. I'm surprised anyone lived through this. Honestly, we yeah. surrender. Ah! <laughs> you saw him try and kill me. Anyways, um, we have more. The narration. crooks were lined up and taken away to pay for their crimes. Get on the bike, Ralphie. I'm taking you back to the academy. And there are a line of guys getting took in the paddy wagon by other judges. Yeah, and um. You got them all. One shot was all it took. Boy, that's the kind of judge I'm going to be. Later, we have Judge Griffin back again with Judge Dredd and Judge Ralphie between the two of them. Griffin is saying, Leaving the academy was a major breach of discipline, for which there is only one punishment, Cadet Ralph. You, Bryce, you are expelled. Expelled? Go pack your things, Ralphie. And now Ralphie's like, Got his helmet off, and he's soaking away in the background yeah. out of the room. And Dredd and Griffin are left alone to talk. That streak of indiscipline would have been fatal to him, Dredd. Our rules must be strict. He's a good boy, but we got him too late. Far too late. <laughs> too old! Too um, old for the training. <laughs> what does Han Solo like to call his Death Star? Is lifesaver like it's? I, I, I fucked it up so bad, but that's fucking Aaron from Game Grumps. Yeah, that yeah shit. the funny, funny joke. What uh, kind of car do I drive? <laughs> a Toyota. <laughs> Toyota. Well done. Um, but uh, Griffin says that to Dread, and Dread's like, "Yes, I'm sorry, I've wasted your time, Principal." And now Dread has got Ralphie on the bike. He's driving down the cityscape, and um, he's. You know, Ralphie's in, Ralphie's on the, back, in the back. Are you are you taking me to the orphanage now, sir? I'm sorry, Ralphie. It's the only place left. They'll take good care of you. And uh, what do we got in the background, PK? Uh, Huck Finn Block Child Care Center? Like, okay, so we've seen lots of actors and real-world people named after mega buildings, but Huck Finn's a fictional character from The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. You are batting a hundred for like you're you're bowling a hundred for a hundred. You are hitting every pin that I set up, and we're gonna go over this, okay? Okay. Well done. Well done. Uh, he's we, a fictional character from a children's book. We, I guess if it's an orphanage, they would name it after a children's character. Maybe. I guess. Anyways, we cut inside, and we have um. You need to describe this panel. I'm sorry. Go for uh, it. <laughs> we okay. Oh, there's Huck Finn on this little raft. There you with, go, uh, Joe. Just go ahead and describe it. 
Uh, there's a statue <laughs> of Huck Finn on his raft. Well, good, the good. famous scene. Yeah, good, good censorship. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. I'm just, I'm just gonna call him Joe. You know what? We all should. <laughs> Hell, we can call him Joseph if we wanna. Really? Um, there's a giant statue of Huck Finn. The, you know, the famous scene we went down the Mississippi on the raft with, with uh, with Joe. Yep. Um, there's also these two caretakers. They look like weird, wealthy aristocrats. Yep. One of them looks like a weird southern colonel. Yep, yep. And they have... How do you know that? Because uh, he has like a weird goatee... Oh, they also have little uh, badges or signs on them saying their names of Uncle Pat... Or Aunt Patty and Uncle Bill. So... And he has like a weird, you know, Colonel Sanders goatee and mustache and, yep. and curly... They look very southern, like southern yeah. down-to-earth kind of... Or not down-to-earth, but southern... Folks, basically. They look like good people. And uh, the Aunt Patty is saying to little Ralphie, who's st- uh, standing there, uh, thick uh, bags in his hands, mm. pout on his face, and Judge Dredd behind him with his big uh, crossed arms across his chest in mm. disappointment. She's saying to him, Hi, Ralphie. I'm Patty, and this is Bill. We're going to be your new mom and dad now. To which Ralphie responds, You're not my mom and dad! <laughs> I don't want you! You're not my real dad! Um... But Uncle, I know I'm your Uncle Bill. R- R- Ralphie like turns around and looks up at Judge Dredd and says to him, "There was only one thing I wanted, and it's gone. And now you're chucking me aside, just like all the others." And now we have like a forward shot of Ralphie looking up at Dredd. It's a scowl, like a sneer on his face, and he says, "Oh my God!" <laughs> well, I won't cry. If there's one thing the Academy of Law taught me, it's how not to cry. So... How Not to Cry by Ralphie Bryce. A cadet judge's story. <laughs> a toxic masculinity. A 2080 story. <laughs> Live and well. Um, uh, you have more narration here. <laughs> Ralphie went inside. Dredd is looking on as uh, Aunt Patty is like calling to the, the distant uh, silhouette of, of Ralphie running away with his bag. Dredd is thinking to himself... I made a mistake. I gave the boy hope. It's gone. And I've heard him worse than his aunt and uncle ever could. What a fool I am. And now we cut back to the present. Last two panels. As, uh, uh, back at the laundromat in the present day, Walter is sitting with all the, all the robots around him, and mm-hmm. he goes, But it have a happy ending, you see. Since that day, Judge Dwed visit Walfie every week. He tweet Walfie just like a wheel son. And it make Ralphie happy again. He is proud to be the only boy in Mega City 1 who have to wait JD, Judge Shred, <laughs> for a father. And now our last panel is uh, just the same as like two, two panels ago, basically, or two, two progs ago, of Walter walking, laundry bag over his shoulder, but towards the camera now. And in the back background, the two little robots are saying, I guess Judge Shred ain't as heartless as they say, eh, Walt? And Walter calls back over his shoulder. On the contrary, it's the exception that proves the rule. Next prog. Thrill power, 90% and rising. Don't miss next prog. Thrill power, 90% and rising. That would be the line of the episode. <laughs> well done. Saved it for the last. <laughs> Thrill okay. It took the second time in a row that's happened. Yeah. The last line. We're getting a lot more Tharg notes, I feel like, nowadays. <laughs> Thrill um, power 90%. How much more can it take? <laughs> 10%? You would think so. But then it kicked into fourth, fourth gear. gear. 
Well done. You you know exactly where I'm going with this shit, man. You are we are we got way too much time together. Yeah. Alright. Uh so this prog. Settings and places for Prague 121, A Tale from Walter's Scrapbook Part 2. We have the Academy of Law, which we haven't seen inside of for quite a while or outside of recently. Since uh, Judge Gibson? Yeah. Wow. Really, it's been like that long. Um, we also have a place called Culver Alley, name of a side street in Mega City 1. We have the Huck Finn Block Child Care Center. Apparently a city block that uh, functions as an orphanage. And it appears that not all city blocks are named after real-life historical figures. Yeah. That they can include fictional characters as well, which is interesting. Um, they, they, they could name it, you know, uh, Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens, but they went for, for Huck Finn. Yeah, it's interesting. and Or, or uh, Mark Twain. I said, that's a, Samuel Clemens is Mark Twain. Did I say Mark Twain? No. Oh, Samuel Clemens is a real man. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I, so, for those who don't know this, because I never read Huckleberry Finn in school. Like, I wasn't forced to. Therefore, I didn't, because um, it didn't look like it was up my alley. No L's. Um, but real quick, Huckleberry Huck Finn is a fictional character created by Mark Twain, who first appeared in the book The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, written in 1876. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a long fucking time ago. And is the protagonist and narrator of its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, in 1884. He is 12 or 13 years old during the former and a year older at the time of the latter. Huck also narrates Tom Sawyer Abroad and Tom Sawyer Detective, the oh. two shorter sequels to the first novels, to the first two books. Characters, though. We have Ralph Bryce, a.k.a. Little Ralphie. Oh, young, Ralphie boy, young boy who aspires to be just like Judge Dredd, but his carelessness eventually gets him kicked out of the Academy of Law as a junior cadet. And we also get to meet, for briefly... Aunt Patty and Uncle Bill, caretakers of the Huck Finn block. As well as his actual blood relatives, Aunt and Uncle. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about them, sorry. But we didn't get the names of them, though. No, no we, didn't, we never got their names. Um, but their, 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 their personal names entirely conveyed through how they were portrayed. Oh, yeah, it's, you can tell exactly. I mean, the descriptions we gave them. I'm tell. big, you're little. <laughs> I'm right, you're, you're wrong. wrong. And it's always going to be that way. I fucking, dude, Miss Trunchbull. You know what? Scared me. I can't... I, I feel really bad about this. I said this to Dominique this week. and I'm, It's funny that we're talking about Matilda, because I feel like Dom and I at least bring it up once a week. And, a fucking movie. And I mentioned that I don't know where I saw him, but I saw the actor who was the kid who ate the chocolate cake. I saw him as, like, an adult in a movie, and I immediately started, like, salivating like a dog, like I was going <laughs> to throw up. It's, it was like a natural, instinctive, like, I'm going to be sick right now because I'm thinking of that disgusting scene with that chocolate cake. Where he eats the whole fucking like, cake. Like, you're cool about it until you're not yeah. cool about it. Yeah. It's like, until there's a point where, you're like, where everyone becomes not cool anymore. It's, it's like, dude, that's a stupid punch to eat the whole chocolate that's cake. That's awesome. Oh, it's oh, not awesome. It's different for everybody where the line is. Yeah, it's like it's it's like the licking of the hand yeah. and like the and the old lunch lady like licking her arms and stuff. Her blood sweat went into that cake. Oh, oh my god. I I can't talk about it anymore. I'm going to throw up. Okay. Yeah. I know the technology of note. Uh, we have a monorail as mentioned. We have a monorail. Because Ralphie's parents are killed in a monorail accident. That's right. But where have we monorail. recently seen a monorail before? Recently, too. The Exoman with the monorail, uh, the the tracks. 
Prague. Well, he was like clamping to him and, and going. Prague 111, the Exomen Part 1. Well done, PK. Oh my god. We have seen a Skyline monorail before. I know so much. <laughs> and item technology Roadliner. This vehicle appears to be the same. Uh, to be the Genmo DX3 Roadliner fitted with a crash-proof command console capsule which offers 88% chance of survival, the same kind that Dredd and the remaining few rebels used to escape they the plague. They ran into the big stinky. And their hounds back into Prog 98 and eventually crashed down the big city smelly. bottom into the big smelly in Prog 100. Well done! You're picking up this stuff, dude. I really I am proud. Could remembering important, be remembering important things. No, we're replacing all that. We're going to get rid of all that useful <laughs> shit. What's my mom's name? Maria. <laughs> um, Minestrone? Minestrone? No, it's one of those two things. It can only be those two. Um, <laughs> terrible slang made up words Judge Dread one-liners. Judge Dwed's brain worked like grease lightning. I love I love Walter so much. I hate him. I love him so much. <laughs> I, remember like, near the end of volume like that? This is going to be too much Walter. I hope there isn't that much more Walter. We've gotten so much Walter recently. <laughs> remember us, that one time we did nine, like... Pages yeah. of Walter's story. The nine Walter. I'm a tap dancer. I, I swear to steal. <laughs> they say he was a marvelous tap dancer. Fucking awful. <laughs> I'm going to swear to steal. A tap dancer. Um, I love that. I also love. There's one thing the Academy of Law taught me. It's how not to cry. <laughs> like you poor, poor boy. Just bury it down. Bury, yeah. bury all those emotions down, and then you can have a mental break when you're forty. Ralph, you're gonna take all your emotions and just bury them down, push them like down. this, and then one day you'll die. Those should run to the wild, the 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 what's it called? The wildlands. The Mutilands oh, spread yeah. the war of the law. <laughs> oh, yeah. You one day walk out into a burning desert wasteland of your own volition with nothing more than a shotgun and a trench coat. That's what it means to be a judge. That's what it is. That's your retirement plan, kiddo. <laughs> um, also, my, uh, you pointed out a really good line, which is thrill power 90% and rising. It's <laughs> a good line. That is a good line. Um, world building, though. Whew. Oh, we got to get through this. Um, oh, my. So we see in Walter's scrapbook a headline referring to Prog number 39, the Ape Gang. Yep. And we can even see the three named characters in the plot, Don Ugiaplino, Fast Eek, and Joe Bananas. Good continuity, man. Wow. What a that. great callback to yeah. him. Like, like, it's a weird comic when it was even more weird. <laughs> but it's like, I, I know we're going to get weird. I know that we're not even close to being out of the weird. No. Because I've read the next three comics coming up. Oh, no. So, yeah, prepare, strap yourself in for when I you know, do the, the teaser next time. Um, so, yeah, the, I just really appreciate this episode had so much other stuff that you wouldn't get unless you'd read previous issues. Little tiny, that. little tiny little Easter eggs. That things. they don't like, they don't like shove it in your face. Yeah, it's like, there's a roadliner. Look at that. Remember when we had a roadliner? Yeah. Um, I also find it that hilarious that even the robots of Mega City 1 think of Dread as being a machine. Yep. We have had people compare Judge Dread to a robot or machine before, but never has the comparison been made by a robot, which is kind of telling and funny. He's more like us than he is them. <laughs> and we're more like them than we are us. And we're more like us than we are the us. <laughs> Machines! <laughs> Machines! Um, I love it so much. 
Uh, I also really appreciate that, that Wagner is building upon the universe that he has created. Little things like the many references we've had as of late, Walter's flashbacks being one year prior, so Chief Judge Griffin is Still just Tudor, Tudor Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. And even mentioning Tudor Pepper from the recent The Day the Law Died Yeah, out. just a name um, drop. He was the judge, by the way, who was missing a leg. He had yep. like the Okay, he had the leg, robot leg. The brown hair instead of the he, blonde hair. He lived. He lived, yes he did. It was Judge uh, Kelso that slid under the door and got crushed. Yeah, and Judge <clears throat> uh, Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Oh, by the way. But anyway. By the way. My chicken. <laughs> my chicken. He's Ted from Scrubs. We have brought up Ted from Scrubs so many times because there's been so many like balding middle-aged wimpy men that yeah. we've seen. It's a great trope. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's just so much to appreciate continuity-wise here. Um, and just, okay, so PK. I gotta bring up something we missed. Okay. This is uh, this is on me. I don't. I, I gotta pay attention to everything. There's a lot of references and stuff. I was tired last week, in a rush. I didn't commit the time that I should have into, oh, no. into noticing this. And because of that, I went down a fucking wormhole today that I'll have to talk to you about. And the wormhole's name is Vienna. Vienna, Vienna uh, Dread. Vienna Dread. Because we missed a serious continuity error that has not been gone unnoticed oh, by the group. I looked this up. I was reading about this, and I, and I found this out. What did you find out? Vienna Dread is how old? How old does she look? Ten? Yeah. How long has Rico been on Titan? Fourteen years? Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, how do you do that shit? <laughs> you picked up on that stuff, huh? I did. Where did you, how'd you, how'd that come to you? I was just thinking, I was thinking about... I was thinking about Rico. Yeah. I was some, it started because I was thinking about the movie. I was like, how long was he in Aspen in the movie? How long, how old is Judge Dredd between Academy and now? Yeah. And I, th I think, has it been 10 years? I thought, oh, so it was 20 years since Rico was in, was uh, uh, in prison on Titan. Because I guess he's been a judge for 20 fucking years is what I thought. Wait a minute. <laughs> that <laughs> means Rico's been in prison because I had him during very early on in the career. Yeah. Because he was like, he got out of the academy and started being on the take immediately. Yeah. So, <clears throat> early on in the career, he, he imprisoned Rico to Titan. So, so how, how did he have Vienna? a kid? Yeah, how do you get Vienna and with who? So, that's the very big Conjugal thing. Conjugal visit to Titan? So, here's the thing. Rico's daughter, Vienna, who dreads... Uh, I also... This also bothers me, okay? Rico's daughter, Vienna, who Dredd swore to never see again that, so that she wouldn't grow attached to him and therefore suffer more when he inevitably died. He, he like, cut contact fully. Yeah, he said, I'll never see her again. What happens in this prog? He has a... He, 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 there's another kid. <laughs> Presumably one he doesn't care about as much. That we have... He is seeing this kid who he has no relation to or responsibility to take him care once of. a week. Instead of being there... Like, instead of his own niece... Like, what the fuck, well, dude? He doesn't care that much. This kid could not even be like, oh, that's kind of sad. But if his niece died... They're literally talking about this kid. Ralphie is like, it's his dad. Yeah, it's he said it's like a son to him. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's not fair to your fucking niece. Well, he doesn't feel the guilt associated with Vienna because he didn't put her da his dad in jail. So, funny side note, right? And last, but he did kind of fuck up his life. So... There's a reason why Vienna is nine years old and that continuity doesn't make sense. Okay. I found this out. Funny side note, 
John Wagner didn't even realize that Rico was being imprisoned on Titan for 20 years, conflicted with Vienna being roughly 9 years old, until some fucking kid asked him about it during a signing at a con. What? Some little kid came up to him. person from the audience said... He said he completely forgotten about it. A little kid was like, By the way, how did Rico have Vienna when, like, he was on Titan for 20 years and she's, like, 9? And he was like, Good question. He's just like... Oh, um, uh, enjoy the car, little kid. Here's your sign. Here's your hat. Good job. Shut the fuck up, about it. Shut the fuck up. Shut, shut your fucking shit. If you ever say this again, so, I will kick your fucking <laughs> So, what they eventually do after John Wagner realizes that is that he has to go back and fix that somehow. And so, Dread was born at the age of five because we know that cloning's a thing eventually. That's right, and they were so, like accelerated, glo- gro- accelerated like the, growth clones. Like the ones in the movie. Exactly. Because Those are I, gross I had to look this up. I don't think we've been told yet, but Judge Dredd is born in the year 2066. Okay. But if you went to the Academy of Law, he graduated the Academy of Law. You graduate it when you're 20 years old. When you start when you're like no, no older than five. So... He graduated top of his class in 79, which would have made him 13 years old when he graduated. Except he was artificially grown. Exactly. That's the thing. So he was... Wow. Wow. That's how they fixed the continuity eventually. Okay. Um, But how does that explain away he was on Titan? Yeah. That that doesn't explain it at all. No, that doesn't explain it. No. That was the explanation they give. Nothing. They got nothing. Um... My my question is, yeah, how could Vienna be Rico's child? Is she their child? Do we know for certain? She's really Dredd's child. I found out because I didn't know. I'm like, this is a really crazy thing. I want to know more about this. So I went on the Judge Dredd wiki page, and I looked up Vienna. And you know what came up? Uh, uh, Vienna Dredd? Yeah. You know why? Uh, why? Because she's still around. What? Vienna Dread actually returns to the comic in 2002, 23 years later, and becomes a kind of mainstay side character in Judge Dredd's life. So they, this character disappears for 20 years, and they just bring her back as a main character? She's like in her early 30s. <laughs> and she's, um, she's an actress... She kind of works at shitty bars and dates shitty men and has been taken kidnap of by, like, a lot of people because of her relation to Judge Dredd. Yeah, which is one of the things he feared. And, yeah, it's... She's like, you left me when I was nine years old and I needed Yeah, so she would be mad at Dredd. After you told me you killed my father. And then you just left. Yeah, and she's like, I forgive you. And she's like, Bye. So, she is, like, a main character that is still around to this day. Isn't that nuts? I know at some point we get like a weird extended dread family. Rico has a clone named Rico. Yeah, I think that there's there's other characters I saw that she mentions that are like brothers to her or like uncles to her. So I know we have a weird like It's gonna get weirder if we as we go. Yeah. It is gonna get weirder. Less cheeky. Less corny and but cheesy. But more comic booky. Yes. Um so yeah. I found this really interesting and I went down a rabbit hole reading about her and I was like, holy shit, there's so much more. Um, wow. But we have to wait 20 years before we see her come back. So, yeah, all we got to do is just, you know, 23 years from where we are in the comics. Right, so, that's 20 um, years from now. So, we'll divide that by 
three. So we've got about six, seven years. <laughs> I'm doing until, this podcast. And if then, we do it once a week. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. And that's not until the end of it. That's until she comes back. Um. Yeah. So I got to also bring up, last thing for world building, kids fucking die at the Academy of Law. Oh, yeah. I had kind of always expected that. I did not See, expect that. I'm a fan of Metal Gear Solid. They okay. talk about child soldiers a lot. Really? Um, especially Metal Gear Solid 2, which is like a main theme. And 4. Not 4, but 5. Anyway. Um, so they, they're talking about like uh, military training and stuff like that. And there's a whole big speech. And uh, I was comparing it to uh, Judge Dredd at one point. You know, you hear the, 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 the AI talking. was like, you know why we switched to a VR program? Why we at first we had live ammunition training, then VR programming. We went back to live ammunition training. Hmm. And he says, you know, at first we thought VR training would be better because you you better trained for more situations, it'd be cheaper and stuff like that. And he says, but with live ammunition training, a few could a few a few soldiers die every year during training exercises, mm-hmm. and that somehow makes the training more efficient. Wow, that's fucked up. So you're sacrificing the few for the many. Kind of yeah. Thing. That's pretty crazy. And that's, like a, that's like a plot thread in Metal Gear Solid 2. Wow. And I was thinking, yeah, I bet a few kids died at the Academy. <laughs> kind of makes sense, honestly. Yeah. There's, a, what was there, the there's live ammunition and, and, and firefight practices. I bet a few kids die. Yeah. Makes sense. Death count, though. While Judge Dredd does shoot a couple of hijackers... We never really see anyone die or are told a body count, so no dice. Not like a uh, doctor, doctor, uh, the doctor in the previous co- uh, comic, Doctor Gold. For, yeah, Doctor Goldman. Yeah, Gold, Gold, just Gold, just Gold. Um, do you have anything else you want to bring up for Prog One Twenty One: A Tale from Walter's Scrapbook Part Two? PK? If Vienna comes back, is is uh is little what's his name Ralphie Bryce gonna come back too? I didn't go down that rabbit hole. Oh, uh, I guess yeah. I could have. I'm. They I'd... might <laughs> because there is a straight up thing where they're like, I read like an interview that someone had with John Wagner, and he was like, "We never thought the comic was gonna go that long because, um, he's like, if your comic is a success, you do like twelve to sixteen issues, and then that wraps up. Here we and, are. And he's like, yeah, and then like. If you get like six years on, later, you, you do like you do like another thing, so you don't know if it's gonna keep going or not. So early times, you can just say stuff. Yeah, um, say his niece. Yeah, his and brother. Just, and he's like, and so we've had to go back and fix a lot of stuff that we didn't even know we're like, oh, we're making this canon at the time. And I'm like, yeah. guys, that's why there's such like sloppy world building in the beginning because they don't they don't know they're gonna be around. A lot of comics and TV shows do that though too. I mean, like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Season one, they fight the god of vampires, the master. Whoa. And they have to work on like, oh, he he wasn't really the the first vampire. He just called himself that. Uh, he was just a really guy with a lot of self... He was just a, a strong vampire with a lot of self-importance. Okay. So they're kind of retconning stuff as they go. Yeah. That apparently happens a lot. Because Joss Whedon thought, I'm never going to get more than one season with this shitty show. You want to know how funny this is, though? What? What I've said about them not realizing that they're, like, fucking up their own world... That it, it wouldn't last long enough. Right. The example that John Wagner gave Uh-oh. of early installment weirdness fucking with the universe. I love that trope. The example he gave, we haven't gotten to yet. Really? He's like, yeah. Judge Dredd, in one comic, we said he had a personal lie detector machine on his belt. <laughs> and so it 
We had to get rid of that. That's like, That's what can we do about this? Like, did you just commit this crime? No. Lie. Lie. All right, go to prison. Like, Into the issue. So we have to have, <laughs> we we have, gotta, have a workaround for this. Because we never thought we'd be using this again. Yeah, a lot of that, as it turns out. And we haven't gotten that to that example yet. We haven't got to that technology. We have seen some technology that we don't see in use anymore because it'd be too handy. Like, um... What was the, the walk the sound, easy? The walk? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just too good at what it does. There was that machine where like he couldn't see who someone was, but he could analyze their voice. The voice print. Yep. And yeah. it was uh uh Scarface Joe. Oh my god! I can't believe I if I got that right. Let me see. Um, it's the new U, which is like one of the very first progs. New so, U is issue number three. Oh my god. And it is uh, Scarface Joe Levine. Oh my god. Yeah. The fact that you knew that. I, so, I'm i upset. With this technology, he could have solved the the, the face-changing guys yeah. easily. Yeah. So it's something like, oh, let's put that under the rug. That's way too handy. Yeah. That's a very good point. Also, though, no, you'd have the technology in space. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So... It is kind of crazy, right? That's a lot of... A lot of references, honestly. Yeah. But is there anything else you want to bring up about Prog 121, PK? No, other than I'm, I'm, I'm okay with quietly just, just getting rid of things that you introduced because you didn't think your comic would last this long. Hey, dude. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's I, not my favorite thing, but I'm okay I with it. I am willing to put money down that I'm going to have to probably bring up Prog 1... 18, the city block two about the the 13% of people working. Oh yeah, that's gonna be brought up. I'm gonna be bringing up every fucking episode of this podcast, probably, probably every episode of this podcast. Because they said hard data, like that 78% of people are unemployed, and it was like narrator shit. So it's gotta be true. Yeah. Like holy shit. Okay, but yeah, so, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm good. Before we log off here, uh, I have to mention it to our new listeners, new and old. Also, by the way, speaking of listeners, we have 50 subscribers on YouTube right wow. now. That's crazy. Super fun. Also, uh, I don't know who the gentleman was. I didn't get his name. But I was on my favorite personal podcasting app, which is uh, Pocket Casts. And lo and behold, someone commented on our podcast and said, The new, the punk cast has landed. So, hey, guy who said that, you're fucking awesome. We wow. appreciate you. And if you're still listening to us, we appreciate you very, very much. But this is the perfect time for me to mention that you can now listen to the Dreadful Cyberpunk cast on most podcasting apps. Check us out on your preferred platform, listening platforms. We are currently on Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Republic, and there was one more, Breaker, as of just this week. Oh, wow. So, yeah. If anyone is listening to this and you find it entertaining, feel free to leave a comment and subscribe. Tell your parole officer about it. Spray paint our name on the bot beneath your favorite bridge. Download the podcast, burn it to a CD, then give it to your grandma as a condolence pet. Condolence for her pet dying, Shih Tzu dying, when she left her meds out and ate the meds. Oh. Uh, any good press is good press for us. You know, any press. Yeah. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can contact us at dreadfulemailaddress at gmail.com. That is D-R-E-double-D. F-U-L, email address at gmail.com. I promise you we will read and respond to everything on every platform because our audience is currently very, very small. Yeah, um, we're not very big. Yeah, tell a friend talk, about us. We can talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys, yeah. So, PK, you ready to hear what's coming up down the pipe? Yeah, I am. 
Um, I, I keep thinking, man, I want to see more of the, the ape gang, but uh, I'm just glad with the cameo. <laughs> Cameo's good. So. I miss those guys so much, even though I said I hated them so much. They're not gone. They're not gone. <laughs> gone, but not forgotten. Uh, also not gone. Also not sleeping. Um, also sleeping. Next Just time. sleeping. Next time on the dreadful cyberpunk cast, we begin a small four-part side story oh. about a new, cool new bad guy. Father Earth. What is the Power Tower? Who are the Doomsday Dogs? What was the mayor of Mega City 1, Mayor Grubb, doing while Tyrant Cal was in power? And was it his son that was the Brotherhood of Darkness kidnapped way back in Prague number 4, the Brotherhood of Darkness? Maybe some of these questions will be answered next time on the dreadful cyberpunk cast. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. And we are coming to you from the, the distant, distant present! present.